I'm telling you that that's true in all, in all aspects of my life. And all I'm trying to do now is, is push father time back. Like, <laughs> I agree. How, I totally agree with you, man. I, even though your body's getting hard, getting older, you're getting a little, a little like slow in the reaction time. Um, you're not quite ready to give it up. Welcome to the Manny Project Podcast, where we reveal true stories of health, fitness, exercise, nutrition, success, and most importantly, failure. My name is John Meningas, and on this podcast, we hope to learn, get motivated, experiment, have fun, and be inspired. All right, so welcome to the Manny Project Podcast, everybody. My name is John Meningas. And on today's episode, I've got a special guest. His name is Darren DeRosier. And for those of you that don't know, Darren and I play baseball together. We don't play on the same team, but uh, we used to play against each other for probably the last 10 years. A lot of us play in Thornhill, but Darren has found his way into the York League for the last couple of years. I don't want to say that we were bitter rivals, but we had mad respect for each other and we had mad respect for each other's game. A couple of years back, we ran into each other at the Good Life Fitness at Hillcrest Mall, and we caught up. Um, We loosely kept in touch with each other. Uh, We talked about the gym. We talked about fitness. We talked about exercise. We talked about his Traeger grill, which looks pretty damn good, but we kept in touch. And I think that when you listen to this podcast, I learned a heck of a whole lot about Darren, and I'm happy to share this with everybody. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Take care. Hey man. Hey, I was in the green room there. I was all like, "You're getting ready." It's like you're in the waiting room. You need to be be, be admitted. I was getting all excited, nervous. Sorry, Great. dude, man. Sorry about that. No, I think it's awesome. I totally cool. <laughs> to be honest, man, I uh, I had to like chow down some like really quick dinner. Um, yeah, I was yeah. having dinner like literally just now. I literally um, popped some like laundry into the into the washer, dude. Like I've been just scrumbling today. It's been a rough right. day. Yeah, it's been a rough oh, day. Geez. I gotta I say, man, that. I haven't seen you in a long time, but that beard is goddamn majestic. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks. No, you know what? It, it usually it's a, like it's functional for me because um, usually I go ice fishing uh, a couple times each winter. Nice. And like I really like it. Uh, not not only the fishing, but the beard when I'm fishing, right? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But but it all got canceled because of COVID, right? So mm. I kind of just been like letting it ride. So it's get it's nice, the longest nice. I've ever had it, and uh, two, it's been two years. So my wife, wow, like, she's wow, been, she's been like, you need to get rid of it, but I'm holding <laughs> on, man. I'm holding on. Is she making you like maintain it properly, or is it just uh, you know kind of free ball it and let it go? No, she uh, she when she, the thing that she doesn't like, she doesn't actually mind the length, but when it starts to like get out, that's yeah. when she's. She calls the barber. She like books me a barber. All of a sudden, I'll see this uh, this email come in. It's like, oh, you have a beard trim on Friday. I'm like, okay, I get it. Nice, nice. <laughs> I uh, I used to grow that. I think I had it like maybe three years ago or so. And honestly, man, it was good. I loved it. But like you said, once it starts coming off to the side, you gotta like pull it right back in, or else it gets like uh, it gets a little out of control sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah. I uh, and the other thing too is right right now, I like I just restocked on some beard products. Like I got the balm and the oil and all that. Nice. So that's the other thing that usually uh, like indicates when I'm going to shave it is uh, when I run out of product. So I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any product. It gets, it gets crazy and it's just done. But 
you know, with, with these types of things, I'm, I'm really just, I don't want to say I'm like, I'm emotional with it, but like one day I just might, I just be like, you know what? I'm done. And Oh it's man, I totally hear you. Cause honestly, um, I'm doing, I'm rocking something that I can see on your head right now too. I'm rocking oh, yeah. something that I'm like two seconds away. Like, I mean, two seconds away from just giving my whole head a shave. Really? So, yeah. I know exactly the feeling you're talking about, but I can, uh, I can see you got one rocking, but I got a little, uh, man bun going on there too. You got, you, I like, did you like, did you cut that or did Ali cut that for you? Uh, side, you know what? I'm looking good. getting my girlfriend to kind of like trim it a little bit, but she's only yeah, cleaning yeah. up the sides. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, pre pandemic and pre everything. I basically, uh, just left the sides just to yeah, clean yeah. up. But then top of it, I just kept going. And uh, honestly, man, the longer it gets, the easier it becomes, man. I'm, I'm not joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. No, my, mine's, I've never had hair this long, either on my face or on my head. So it's been, <laughs> it's been pretty, pretty different. Um, like people who haven't seen me in a while, like you, you haven't, you haven't seen me in a while. Um, like you, that's the reaction you get. Like I, I had, I, I just interviewed for a job uh, a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. and the guy hadn't seen me in like a year, maybe more than a year. Uh, <laughs> and I had like a little small beard on and yeah. man he saw me and the first thing was like who are you oh man anyways it was a little awkward <laughs> well welcome to the world of 2021 man i wasn't when gonna was, shave it for him when was the last time you got an actual haircut done like a proper proper like uh, in the chair it wasn't so bad it was december, december. Oh, okay that's good so that's good. uh I, I tried a I tried a new place i try you know what the hard thing is is like i can't find someone that does everything right and I, fi- I think mm. I finally found a guy like, so I, I had, I had a guy that's right by my house, ultimate fades, like killer haircut, man. Nice. The guy made an amazing haircut. Beards sucked. Like he, every time <laughs> he touched my beard, I like, I hated what he did. You got to find that one guy um, for everything. And then, man. and then I went to a different place. Um, like just, yeah, you got to find the one guy. So I finally found a place like in King, um, that's, uh, like just on, on what's on Jane, right? Like main street King there. Okay. And it, the guy's pretty good. So I'm, I'm like happy. He's got some, he's got some skills. So I, I, I'm, I'll go back to him. And, and December, so December was the last time I, I was actually in nice. for like in the chair haircut, but it's still weird too, because you got to wear your mask the yeah, whole time. Yeah. And then I'm like, Hey, can you do my, be-? you know, you guys can do my beard. And then I take down my mat, like take that. It's so, it's, it's <laughs> did you have to just like roll it up to like the lips kind of, so he can work under it or like, how did he do it? No, no. So I like, I don't, I'm kind of bad with the masks. Like I have, I have a gator, right. That, okay. that I, that I like, cause the mask, honestly, the mask is bad for beards because when you put it on, um, it digs into the beard and then all of a sudden you get this huge like wave when you, you get when the you shape in there. Off. Like it, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I clean that up. Um, so anyways, I, like I just pulled down the whole gator and then, but it's like, you got to do it at the right time when he's comfortable with it. Anyways, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's awkward for everybody. It's, and then people, people outside are like, when, when they come in, and some of the other patrons in the shop are looking at you like, why don't you have a mask on? And I don't know. I don't like dealing with that stuff. So yeah, I hear you. I hear you. The last time I actually sat down on a barber's chair was I think in August. And ever since I've been yeah. just like cleaning up the sides, but leaving the top, just let it go. Who gives a shit? So uh, in yeah, August, yeah. Um, my guy uh, is in Toronto and actually he moved up to Collingwood. So I'm like mm-hmm. within two seconds to make my decisions just to drive up north all the way to Collingwood and just go see him and just get a haircut. Done. Dude, that is that is a long drive for a haircut. <laughs> man. You're committed to that one guy. It's, I am, man. It's, it's I am. It's funny that you mentioned. It's funny that you mentioned that though. I had one guy, literally one guy, who cut my hair in Markham from like eight years old 
to probably 35. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. like just a, like, even when I was, li- cause now I'm, I'm, I'm in Oak Ridges, right. I'm a little bit North, like North, I'm like okay. 25 minutes away. And I would drive down to see, to see my main, my main guy. And after a while, it's just, my, my wife was like, look, like it's far. You, you can't with the kids, like you can't go and like take three hours to, uh, to get a haircut. <laughs> like you can't do that. Cause half, honestly, half the fun with the barbers is just socializing with them. Like if you of connect course. with someone, and you can talk to those barbers forever, man. They'll tell of you course. their whole life story and everything that's going on. So yeah, that's, of course yeah, I, I, it's all right. Yeah. Yeah. I had that relationship too. I had a uh, Italian barber that was like five minutes away from me and yeah, he yeah. cut my hair since like I was three years old. And I remember oh, being wow. in, I remember being in like those, um, it's like a firefighter's chair. And yeah, it was like yeah. one of those kid seats, right. Where he's like, yeah, like yeah. teases you with the scissors and he's like, like putting in front of your face. Yeah, so yeah. I, I saw him since I was three all the way to, um, I want to say maybe 26, 27. And uh, they've got oh. to a point where like, they're good haircuts. They're very good quality haircuts, but yeah. they've got like, they've got one style. It's like yes. the straight up, the edges <laughs> and like the clean edges and just like straight yeah, across yeah. the top. I'm like, I can't do it anymore, man. I got to try something new. I got to try some young guys, right? So once I got right, my right, young right. guy, like I, I want to go to Collingwood just to get it done because I want to get it done, you know? No, I, I hear you. I like when people can just execute on what, what you tell them, you know, like I started mm. off with this guy. I'm like, look, uh, I had, I had that same haircut that you're talking about. I have like a natural part in the center. Um, no when way. Off, like when it's all pulled You don't back. seem oh, like yeah. it, man. Cause I actually no. had one of those too. Yeah. Oh, I did. I did. And, uh, like just the way my hair flows, it's kind of, kind of weird. Um, anyways, uh, you know, it was, it was like to go to this, to go to someone and be like, look, I want to, I want to comb over fade, like, you know, off the side and like make it happen. And they just, they just can do it. And yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I just, it lets me mess around with my look and, and have some fun. Cause honestly, like you, like same as you, I had the same haircut probably for 30 years of my life. So yeah. <laughs> now, now before I turn 40, I gotta, I gotta do some fun before I gotta be an adult. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think we're adults already as it is, man. But I got to say that yeah. beard is pretty damn majestic. So uh, kudos <laughs> to you for keeping it up, man. Two years going. How long has the uh, the bun been going on the top? Not not long. Not long. Probably probably November. November. Nice, that's nice. it. So yeah, not, nice. uh, not long. Just a couple months on that. It's a, just a baby bun. I'm just learning how to do it. Nice. I got to ask, are people giving you some judgments about the man bun or what's uh, what's the man bun etiquette around there? I think, um, so my mom, my wife hates it. Like my <laughs> wife hates anything that isn't, um, like real short. Traditional? And tight. Um, yeah, so yeah. she like, she hates long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. She, she loves, like, she hates the long hair. She's always hated long hair. Um, nice. so she's taken a little bit to getting used to. Um, but honestly with four girls in the house, like my wife and the three daughters, like we're never short hair ties. So like I can always get <laughs> what I could always like, throw it up. That's um, true. I don't know. I don't know what color it is today, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it was pink or purple or some kind of sparkle <laughs> or something. So, uh, yeah, like it's, it's good. Um, I think, I think honestly, the biggest thing is like when we get back to work. So I've been working from home when I get back to work and people haven't seen you for a long time oh man, that's um, be or, tough. They, or, or they, they don't notice it. I think that's when the etiquette is going to get like, the looks are going to get weird. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, I, yeah. Um, my, my, my Wi-Fi was going a little slow there. It's all good. I, I think it's mine too. So I had to switch off my phone. I switched. Yeah. I switched to data on my phone there. So sorry about that for the, <laughs> for the delay. Anyways, uh, you're, you're saying you're taking a break with the pod, the podcast piece. Yeah, no, I just honestly, even for like, like the last three weeks, since we found out the news, uh, just kind of taking a small little breather, taking a little break, you know, yeah, yeah. trying to understand that as much as 
you know, as much as our ego might say, go to the gym, work out every single day, pump out that workout. Like sometimes you need to pump the brakes. Sometimes you got to like, let it breathe, air it out. Just like take some more time to yourself and then go back to it. Mm. So, yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you. I actually, that, that's one of, I mean, we'll get into it when we start talking, <laughs> talking about all that, but that's something like we, we definitely have to, like, we definitely have to cover, man. Like, I know you're a big guy into, into recovery, but man, I have learned so much in the recovery space. Mm, um, when it comes to what just from where I was, you know, um, yeah, it's, uh, you're not kidding when sometimes you just need to take a step back and you don't need to always push yourself to, to the limits, you know, yeah. um, coming out of workouts when I, I just, I, I was thinking, I was like, what am I going to say about recovery? And, you know, I, I looked to like my younger days, man. Um, I was playing, you know, I was playing all kinds of crazy hockey. Um, I love to play. And then even I remember being a teenager and like where I was working at Wonderland and I was lifeguarding nice. and I had lifeguard for like 13 hours, right? Like open to close the whole thing. You get off, you get out of the park, you go on a couple rides, whatever. And you get, <laughs> you, you're like, what are we going to do? It's 10 o'clock at night and you got to work. Like you got to be back, back there at six o'clock. Six Is that the grind morning. of Wonderland? Yeah, man. Holy smokes. Yeah, it was. So at that, I mean, I was like, oh, I don't want to drive half an hour to go to Wonderland if I'm not going to work the full day. So anyways, that's what it was. We were, we were like some life, you'd lifeguard, you know, you'd start at six, you do your training or whatever. And, uh, you know, you'd open the park, your water park opens at 10, you, you lifeguard until eight o'clock, you know, you close up, you approve some timesheets, all that stuff. You're out of there, you know, nine 30, 10. And then, and then I'd hit the rink, man, me and a couple of buddies, oh, wow. we play midnight, midnight shinny until three in the morning like we just the old rink in scar or the main the main rink in scarborough there just like and and you'd catch like you'd catch some pretty pretty high-end like junior players that were there i mean some of the guys ended up making it to the nhl but you just wanted to like be in the same space as some of these amazing players right so you play all night you play till three you go home you get to sleep by like 3 30 and you're up at six to do it again like yeah. zero recovery zero rest like nothing and yeah. And like, oh, the, I, I couldn't even think about doing that now, man. If I'm not in bed by 10 o'clock now, <laughs> like I'm, I've messed up, you know, I've messed up. That's why I kind of put the time on this Zoom cat on the Zoom call, like a little bit tighter. But again, yeah, yeah. we can adjust, man. So don't worry. We can adjust. I also know you got a family. So there's uh, some other priorities you got to take care of. So don't worry. Yeah, we'll, try to be, uh, we'll try to be efficient with this. Yeah, the time's awesome. Actually, the time's the time's great because I I already got like I put the girls to bed, uh, fed the wife, so she's just uh, she's got she's got a couple classes she's got to do. Uh, my wife, uh, she like right now she's doing um, like uh, she's kind of picked up some stuff with uh, Movadi there, like so she's just okay. like learning to uh, teach fitness classes with them. So she uh, she does some all the Peloton's free for the next month or so. Nice. She's doing a lot of the classes on with the Peloton there, just trying to pick up as much as she can. So she's prepped and ready to go in for her first class when, uh, when the, when the, the gyms finally open up. Nice. So is she, uh, what is she, is she a trainer teacher? No, like what? She, uh, she just wants to do the fit. She doesn't want it. She's not a personal trainer or anything like that. Okay. Um, she's farm pharmacist by day. Um, okay. and then she just has an interest honestly in, in just teaching fitness classes. She wants to teach it like she, for whatever reason, she's like always wanted to do it. And now she's finally like done the training. She's pulled the trigger. She's got the, got the session she wants. And, um, she was just about to start up and then all the gyms closed due to COVID. So yeah. she's, uh, she's waiting to gear back up and, and go. Nice. You mentioned Peloton. So is she trying to do fitness classes or is it more yeah. of like a spin class? No, it's the fitness classes. So the, okay, nice, the app nice. right now, the, the app right now is, um, 
they have all like they're expanding right because they're trying to take advantage of covid too so you know before it was all spin on the bike and all that but now they have an app that uh you know has body weight classes work like whatever you want strength cardio stretching meditation yoga you name it um it's all there now you're talking about peloton uh, yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. oh yeah oh yeah yeah so i mean for me i always associate them with with spin right like that's all if you're spinning you can do it um, but now they've, they're so much better. I've done a couple of the classes with them. There's some, uh, there's some, there's some, some decent stuff there. I mean, I, I don't know if classes are my, my favorite thing to do. Um, but you know what, when you're stuck at home and you need a little bit of guidance on, on your, 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 for something to do. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good, a good experience. Yeah. I want to poke around about around your hockey, uh, pickup life, your shitty yeah, yeah. time. Who was probably yeah, yeah. the most popular hockey player that I would probably know that you played with. So in, in Scarborough, uh, like that midnight shinny thing, right? Like the, the thing, the guys that we saw most, um, and maybe it like dates myself a little bit. Um, (laughs) there's a couple of NHLers that that would have been in junior at the time. Um, so at the time when we were going, um, he, uh, what was his name? His last name was Pitlick. He ended up playing for Edmonton. Um, and he was buddies with Anthony Stewart. Who's on, um, pardon me. He was on St. Louis before, but I know he's on C- uh, he's on Sportsnet right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so, nice. and, so Anthony Stewart uh, w- would play Shinny as well. Like again, Jesus. I didn't know these guys, right? They just came out, and I was like the fodder that they they like kicked their ass. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was it was fun, you know. Like I think I think that was one of the things that you know when you sit there and, and whatever your dreams were as a kid, you'd say, oh, you know what? I, I think I could be a professional baseball player. You think I could be. Uh, professional hockey player and then you see the pros and you're like no no man like <laughs> no there's chance. no way yeah there's no chance I, I, at least at least in hockey for me um you li- i loved hockey hockey was my number one sport um i still love it now um it was it was an, it gave me a lot of things uh growing up and so did baseball yeah. um but i felt like i was a better hockey player but to see oh, wow. that, I, that i was a baseball player but to see hot like to see the pros play hockey oh my god like I'm, I had no chance. Like I used to say, ah, you know what? I had all the physical skills. I just didn't have the toughness. No, 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 no. Like those guys had physical skills. Those guys had speed. Those guys had talent. Like what I had was kind of like, yeah, it's great. You can play triple A hockey or whatever, mm-hmm. but, uh, there's no way, there's no way I could, I could have ever gone. I could talk to myself and say, oh yeah, when I was young, I could have done this. No way. Um, those guys were pros. They were, they were fantastic. So any, anything to be closer to better players, uh, that's what, that's what you wanted to do yeah. on the baseball side. Uh, one of the kids I played with like a lot, like a long, long time ago. And for many, many years, probably until I was 16 was George Kataris. Um, oh wow, yeah. 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 So do you know George or do you know his brother yeah. James? I know George. I don't know him personally, but I know the player. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, so I know the George, George and I played in the same softball league. We played softball until we were like 14 and and george was catching and he, he actually was behind me the only reason he was behind me was because i was a year older than him so he's, okay. a, he's an 83 so he played on the same like same select team um and yeah we just like we played and it, he was a fantastic guy i wish i actually i wish i i kept in touch with him like we used to play video games and had like a lot a lot of fun <laughs> uh, together with him and a couple other guys um but george was something special like his arm was insane even at you know we're talking like nine, 10, 11, like that guy could pick up a ball and just, it would just explode out of his hand. You know, there's something Um, about it. There's something about the way he could throw that ball. And then I I think when, when softball, like softball ended, 
Uh, we had like one year of hardball or something in that same, in that same league. And then after that, like all the, the group of kids that we, we played with kind of like went their separate ways. Um, I played like a half season with Mar- with the Markham Mariners, like the, the baseball, the whatever it was, re- like the traveling baseball team. Yeah. But yep. I wasn't a central figure for them. Um, so I like it was it was a hard sell to my parents, like drive me to Kingston on a Wednesday to like, you know, sit, sit on the bench and play an inning and maybe get in that bat. So we were kind of out of that. But um, George, George moved on to like the Ontario Blue Jays, like right out of basically like softball, <laughs> like softball's <laughs> little life. But the guy was so talented, man. He's so talented. And then, and then, you know, obviously the, his story is, is kind of well-placed. He went to college. I don't even think it was a division one school. I think he was like Oklahoma state Cowboys or something like that. Mm. Um, and then got drafted and, you know, ended up playing at Fenway. Like, you know, he had a pretty, more pretty healthy. For. yeah, exactly. You know what, if, if, uh, if you, you know, if I could have known that, that I had any chance of doing that, I would have taken it in a heartbeat, like unbelievable <laughs> ride that guy had. Um, but I, honestly, I, I like baseball. It was a lot of fun, but I don't think I don't think I was uh, I was any good at it. <laughs> so. I kind of want to set the table with that because obviously we know each other through baseball. Yeah. So yeah. first off, are you playing in 2021, or what's the deal with you this year? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm gonna play. Um, nice. So I just play in an old in an old man's league. Still hardball. Still hardball. Come on, but, old uh, man's league. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so <laughs> it, it's not honestly the the hard the hard thing for me um, with baseball is is not the like not the game i love to be outside in the summer it's it's amazing it's the time commitment and the fle- like the flexibility that's a challenge for me so um the york the york league like it's nowhere near thornhill um it, it's not the it's not the same skill level but the nice thing is is it's like you you're going to play once or twice a weekend and the games are friday saturday or sunday always nice. at the same times nice so, like that's the nice thing for me like it's really hard for me to to get down on a tuesday night um, cause my wife needs those days, right? Like my wife has other goals and in the summer, honestly, she puts up with a lot for, for hockey. <laughs> so when it comes to baseball, I like, I kind of let her have the summer. So like yeah, she yeah, loves to play I volleyball. So if she wants to play volleyball, she plays. Um, and I kind of take what's left over. So <laughs> that's, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm playing, uh, I'm excited. I got my Sam bat ready to go. Uh, nice. you know, got, I'm, I'm, I'm jacked up about that. So I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Nice. Are you still catching or what's, uh, what, what are you doing now? So I'm playing, I'm playing a lot of outfield actually. Nice. Um, I, I'm get those still, legs like, a break, man. You got to give those legs a break. Yeah. Like honestly being behind the plate is, is natural to me. Like it's something I've done literally since I was probably seven or eight. So I just feel so comfortable back there, but the injuries you sustain to <laughs> do, when you're there, I mean, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing no. with you because I caught for like, two months and I was done. Yeah. yeah. I was done. You know what? You never, for whatever reason, you know, like I like the old school mask, right? Not the hockey style, mm-hmm. but like, you know, just to pull with, with the cap there. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, but you never get hit in the face, man. Like all I want to yeah. do is get hit in the face. I like get hit straight in the hands. on? Yeah. Oh this no, I've gotten hurt. hit straight on all the time, man. Really? You never oh, get hit take... straight on? No. Oh yeah. Tons of times. I would. No, no, have, but like straight would, on the face. You've never gotten yeah, hit yeah. straight on the face. No, no, no. I have. I have. Oh, okay. I would take that. I would take that any day of the week. Oh, I see what you're saying. Any day of the week, as opposed to like, you know where I get hit? Like I get hit on the inside of the thigh. I'll yeah. get hit on the ankle. I'll get yeah. hit on the shoulder. That's like not guarded. Yeah. I hear um, you. you know, I'll take a foul. I'll take like, I'll take one off the inside of the bicep or something. And it's like, those are the worst. Yeah. You know, just hit me in the face, man. Like foul it off into my face. I got, I'm protected, <laughs> but no. So you get beat up and, uh, 
And you know, the, the worst thing as a catcher, honestly, in men's league, the absolute worst thing in catcher. And this is like, this is what I feel like is like the hardest grind. Like, I don't know what's worse. Like the, the, the 10th rep on your fourth set of like a really heavy something okay. or, or catching this. A dance among uh, change up. Oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> that guy gives me nightmares, man. But, but like, sorry, I cut you off. Cat, no, catching, catching the five, the fifth, sixth and seventh inning in a men's league game in a blowout like there is nothing oh worse. Yeah, yeah yeah nothing worse than catching those innings and you're like god like why am i here like can anybody save me like you don't <laughs> need me back here um that's the worst that's the worst but you know what in a strange way i love it i've, I've never i've never been um i never regret my time behind the plate i, I really even though i have sustained so many injuries but whatever it's, it's a good time for me look man i put that on the blue jays because you know what if you came in and played with the purple if it's a blowout game, you get your you get your starters out of there. You yeah. know, if your catcher's going for and you're up ten nothing, you know yeah. Blair or Matt DeClerc, they're not catching the whole game, man. They're taking a break. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Well, we, that's, that's good, man. We could have saved you, you a couple some, of games, man. Yeah, you have some you have some some depth, right? Like that's the other part is some of these other teams, um, they like they're so committed to like to people playing like one position. Yeah. And I remember playing with like the last year I played in Thornhill was with the Dodgers and like, they were like that. Like, it was uh, like, in, you eventually evolved from Dodgers to Jays, right? Or Jays no, to no, Dodgers, no. as you say. No, I was, yeah, I was, uh, I was like athletic athletics to Jays to Dodgers or something. Like it okay. basically just followed, followed a couple of my buddies around. And uh, like when I ended up on the Dodgers in the, in the end, like I could only play three spots. So it was like, if, if, if the starting third baseman was there, um, then that was it. And I couldn't play third base. And then mm -hmm. starting first baseman was there. You couldn't, couldn't do that. Um, so unless I was catching, like you weren't in the game and that was just the way they thought, like they were like, no, you can't play the outfield. Like, why not? I can catch. I can do, <laughs> I do fine. Uh, but no, that was, that was the way it was. So it's, it's always nice in baseball, especially men's league to get some, like to get some reps in different spots, you know, oh, yeah. um, especially in blowout games, you know, it's so, so what if I, I, uh, I flub <laughs> a ball at third, like who cares? We're up to yeah. nothing. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So I just want to kind of touch on baseball because we're both baseball guys. Again, that's our connection. What would you do in the summer? Like, would you feel beaten down after catching, you know, three games in a week, two games in a week? Or like, how did you feel during the summer catching? And then did you recover at all from those times? Or like, were you just like a zombie walking through the summer? Um, I think, I think for me, when it comes to, when it comes to baseball and like how I recovered through baseball, um, I would say like at the time when, when I was playing actively with you, my recovery regiment was kind of crappy. Like it wasn't something that I'd really be proud of. Um, a lot of it was just like rest and, and being that walking zombie. Like I yeah. didn't, I don't have the tools and, you know, I think this is something that comes with age. I mean, I think the first thing that comes with age is like, you have a little, first off, you recognize that you need help. And then, and then when you get that help, you, or sorry, once you recognize that you can start going and, and like, you actually have some money to, <laughs> to like spend on stuff. Like I, I remember starting in Thornhill, I started playing when I was like 24 years old. I bear, like, I, I don't even think I was working yet, like fresh out of school. Yeah. I'm swinging, like I'm swinging a, like a big stick out a of the bargain. Yeah. 34 inch big stick you know, that, that had this crazy handle on it because it's all I could afford. I only had 40 bucks in my name. Like I, I had to go to the bargain barrel and get that bat. And that was it. That's all I could afford. Right now, you know, you're swinging better lumber, you're swinging stuff you want. 
um, you know, I got the massage gun. I got the, <laughs> you know, I got the two times you recovery. Oh, uh, like I like tights. that, man. I like, like that. I got all, I, I love it. You know, um, all that stuff is kind of, kind of progressed. Right. And it helps. So first off, you become way more recovery and you become way more aware of what your body needs. And then you got the money to support it. Yeah. So I think I hate to say it. Like, it's not like, you know, I've, I'm really, I've been lucky in my life. Like I have, I have, a, I have a, I'm, I'm very, I'm very happy. Um, I have a great family and, you know, I have a company that, that takes care of me in that sense that I, you know, I have a little bit extra money that I can spend on things like that keep me in the game, if you will. Yeah. Right. Cause going on in the summer, like you're saying, the only thing that kept me going from being that walking zombie was the fact that I was younger. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And then father time catches up to you and you gotta, well, you gotta pick up and go. Father time is here, man. Father, father time, time wins. Um, father time is undefeated, man. Undefeated, undefeated, <laughs> you know, um, and you know what, every time I hear that, you know what I think? I think boxing, I think, um, uh, I think UFC, you yeah, know, like I was that, thinking MMA. What, yeah, man. Like that, that's whenever I hear father time, but that, that, that I'm telling you that that's true in all, in all aspects of my life. And all I'm trying to do now is, is push father time back. Like, <laughs> I agree. How, I totally how agree with you, I man. Stay in this game, how far can I like, how far can I keep going? Um, you know, I still enjoy it. Right. And you don't yeah. want to give it up. And even though your body's getting hard, getting older, you're getting a little, a little like slow in the reaction time. Um, you're not quite ready to give it up, you know? Yeah, so that, that's where you. I'm at with that stuff. Did you ever watch Moneyball, the movie or read the book? Uh, so I've never read the book. I heard the okay. book was way better, um, but I love the movie. I okay. absolutely love the movie. And you know, when you say that stuff, the first thought is the David justice talk, man. Which part, which part? <laughs> no, like the in one the cage? Where, where, yeah, in the cage. Yeah, where he's telling him just to be a leader. He's like, he's like, dude, he's like, the Yankees are paying you. He's like, I'm making, David Justice says, I'm making $7 million. So yeah, I think I'm special. And he's like, no. He's like, <laughs> I'm paying you whatever, $2 million. The Yankees are paying you $5 million to play against you. Yeah. And then that that was the switch. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, I, I love that scene. I thought it was great. And then, of course, the scene right after that, right, where uh, where he's like, yo, Hatterberg, what's your, what's your biggest fear? <laughs> <laughs> any ball hit in my general direction and then david <laughs> just is like yeah 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 and then he goes no seriously what is it and then he's like yeah that's that's it <laughs> so yeah, Listen, I, man, I, yeah, was, that was my transition from third to first i hated playing first base but i played it because you know that's kind of what our guys needed um yeah, yeah. but for me i just naturally see the ball coming off of a, a player's bat from the left side or from the i guess from the left batter's box from the standard box i can see someone's bat turning yeah, yeah to know that the ball's going to come to me. So that's where I just feel comfortable. But when I'm on the first base side, I can't see, mm. I can't see that. I don't have that instinct to tell that a ball is coming my, my way. Um, but I re reference to Moneyball because there's one line in there that references to father time. And I think it was somewhere along the lines of them talking about Brad Pitt's like his journey of being a minor leaguer, jumping from team to team, and he never found a home. And somewhere along those lines, I don't know how it was phrased in the movie, but it basically said, at some point, the game tells you when it's time to, to hang it up. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, man, I'm just trying to push that time way back as much as I possibly could. Yeah. So, Father Time's yeah. undefeated. Yeah, you know, um, absolutely. And, and I, think, I think that, you know, and I, I mentioned this already um, about hockey, like being a hockey guy, but I will tell you that in like, I've scored tons of goals in hockey. I love, like, I love scoring. It's amazing. I love the <laughs> feeling of it, but there's no better feeling, no better feeling than, than hitting that ball and 
and hearing the crack of the bat and knowing you got it, like, you know, it's gone. Yeah. And, and, and I think the thing that is so awesome about baseball is you actually get to celebrate what you just did. Right. Mm-hmm. Like in hockey, in uh, hockey I don't know like, about yeah, that, man. Dude. I don't know about that. You're not really supposed to celebrate that home run, dude. Uh, no, no, no. Sorry. <laughs> let me, let me. Okay. When you hit a home run, John, are you not, are you not sitting there as you're, as you're taking your 35 seconds to round the bases? Cause hey, I, oh, oh no, 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 no. You, you're not saying I take 35 seconds, to get around no, the bases. No, no. I'm saying I do. Oh, I okay. Do. Okay. Okay. All, okay. I, I see all, what you're saying. Okay? I'm not running around full speed. Like first off, if I'm pumping around the bases, I can probably do it at like, 40 seconds no no come on man if you're pumping the bases i don't know if i'm that fast anyways (laughs) but still whatever so say i say i say you do it in 20 seconds right sure you're going around and 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 you may not be pumping your fist and all that stuff but inside man how happy are you that's true that's true inside how like and you like honestly when when i hit like when you hit it out my head is down the whole time i don't look at anyone i'm not looking to piss anybody off i don't i don't make any eye eye contact but i feel amazing yeah. amazing like a thousand you know, bucks yeah i don't i don't get that feeling <laughs> i don't get that feeling playing hockey i've never gotten it like and, but baseball gives that to you and i just honestly i like that's what i live for if i can get that feeling two three times in a season whew, yeah i oh, hear it's you. all worth it it's all worth it i hear you um i got a video clip i don't have it here to show you because i don't know how to share this on uh, the platform um honestly man for as many zoom calls as i've been doing i'm a rook to this but I have a video and it was of a playoff game. All I remember is that Seidel's on third base. One of your little, I want to say, I shouldn't say little, but one of your smaller and shorter pitchers was pitching to me and you were catching against me that game. And it was a playoff game. And I remember hitting a, a jack and I remember you, you had your glove up. You were waiting for the pitch. You saw the swing. You just put your glove down and you went like this and you're like, fuck. So I know exactly the feeling, but again, you yeah. got to act if you're that position, like if you're the person that hit the home run, you got to act as if you've been there before. Yeah. yeah. Inside you're a thousand bucks. Oh, I yeah, understand. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, honestly, that, it's actually one of the, the, one of the eeriest feelings when you see it as a catcher too. Um, mm, I have never been in that see, spot, man. I can't tell you. Oh, actually oh, I did. I have been in that one spot. It's a I know eerie feeling. Because you, you're waiting for that ball and then you see it and you hear it and you're like, oh boy, like it's done. You know, like, and yeah. honest, I, sometimes, sometimes you're only, it depends on what comes off the bat. Right. Um, but sometimes your only choice is like just to admire it, especially in men's yeah. league, man. Yeah, because you, know what, you don't, true. you don't see it all the time. And when someone like absolutely cracks it, um, kudos, it's, man. It's, it's, it's cool. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you know what? I like, I never hated anybody in men's league. Like I know there are some teams that were like, you know what? I hate these guys. I never want to see them win. You know what? If you don't spike me when you're coming around um, or you don't do anything dirty, I'll cheer for you. Whatever. I don't care. Like we're there for fun, you know? So I caught a game and you, do you remember playing against Paulo? Oh yeah. That guy, that guy was outstanding, man. What a pitcher. Um, I'm pretty sure you tattooed one off of him. It's either him or the Simone. No, no, I've never, I never hit uh, the Simones pretty well. They give me nightmares, but, uh, but, but you no, had I one did, against I, us. You had a big one against touch, us. I did touch, I did touch one on, on, uh, against Paulo there. And you yeah. know what? That guy was such a classy dude, man. Um, like that was a tight game. You guys end up winning, but I remember sitting through, like going through the, the handshake line and he went right to me and he's like, man, great. Like he said, great smack. And I never heard that before. Like, I, anyways, um, I just thought that was so classy of a guy. Like, the guy was dominating that that game 
Um, you know, I consider myself lucky to touch him up. Um, but he, he took it all in stride, you know, really, yeah, yeah. really great dude. Um, he didn't, he didn't do any, he didn't throw up me the next, the next. No, time no, that's not us, man. Come on. The Rockies. No, no. You know what? Honestly, I, I, like everyone on your team was, was, they're all good people, you know? Um, and I, and I appreciated that. Like I, I, I know I never had any ill wills. You know, of course you want to win, right? Like any game you want to play. I don't care. I don't care if you're playing like the worst, the worst, the best, the best you want to win. Um, but in terms of like, you know, there were some, some people that kind of had mouths on them, but no one, no one on your team was like that. So it's always, yeah. uh, it's always good to just play against, you know, people that are there just to play clean and play the game the right way. Yeah. Sorry, man. I know we're going along with baseball. I want to throw one more little tidbit in. I was yeah, catching for Paulo and yeah. it was one of those blowout games. So it was one of those games where I had no business catching, but I was like in the fifth or sixth inning. I was like, guys, let me catch. Like I'll give the clerk yeah. a break or something. Like I'll just do two innings. Who gives a shit? So I think it was Paulo pitching blowout win against, I want to say the Jays or whatever team it was at that time, the Dodgers. Yeah. Um, but I want to say his name is JR Lefty. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. JR was up at and Paulo was pitching. I think I just called like fastball, just like whatever, meat of the plate or like outside, outside mm-hmm. half, like just something on the outside away from him. And the ball found its way to the inside of the half and he pulled it to the right field fence over Bishop's. And yeah. I know exactly the feeling you're talking about because it's like one of those pitches you're like, oh, well, it's no longer outside. It's it's inside. So I'm just going to adjust my glove and the ball doesn't ever find your glove. Like it, you just right. see it leave the bat and it's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that feeling because it's it's pretty eerie because it's like you're you're making that call for your pitcher. And at the same time, you're not getting it back. It's it's gone. It's literally gone. Yeah. Um. I always I also took. Like, and it's interesting that you say, you know, you made that call for your pitcher because one of the things that I've always felt um, as a catcher is like, it's the pitcher's job to execute, but it's the catcher's job to play the game, like mm-hmm. to, to like to, to call the to call game, it. right? Yeah. To yeah. call it. So I always felt like whenever someone like tattoos one of my pitchers, um, I felt like it's my fault. I'm yeah. like, you know what? Um, I, I, I didn't read that batter. Right. I didn't expose his weaknesses. I didn't change his timing. Right. Like all that's on me. So that's, that's what makes the feeling even more eerie. <laughs> yeah. so, so strange. I know we talk a lot about baseball and I know we're talking about catching, but I, a lot of my listeners don't really know, you know, the catching position. So in your term, in your terms, cause you're the catcher. Can you describe to listeners what catching and what's the, I guess what the grueling part of catching really, really is to you. Um, so <laughs> I, I think, I think the, okay. So the, I think the first part is, is like physically it's the, it's incredibly demanding um, yeah. because you're managing, you're managing a bunch of, first of all, you're managing your own, your own um, like physical body. Okay. You're the one that's going to get, get banged up when somebody, um, someone files something off or someone slides hard into you, like you're the one taking the spikes, uh, like to the ankle. So there's the, like, there's a physical demanding part, not to mention every single up and down piece on every pitch. Like you touch the ball every single time. So there's a physical demand that goes to it, that, that wears you down. Yeah. Um, but the other part of it too, as a catcher, you have to manage everything else in the game. You have to manage your defensive positioning, like the, the actual players, right? Mm-hmm. Like some of that is, is understanding where the hitters are, are like what their tendencies are, what they're going to do. I mean, if you watch a baseball game and you see the spray charts, right? The catchers know all that by heart. Yeah. They know where the ball's going. They have a rough idea um, and they're positioning their players. They're trying to set it up. So the hitter is, um, 
is off balance. And, yeah. and part of that is like, you need to understand and watch the hitter. Like some of the things I used to watch is just people getting into the box. Do they breathe right? Do they start to, do they start to focus? Like, are they out of their rhythm? Are they doing something different? And those are the moments I know I can go right at them. Damn, I know that's they're deep, not man. on their game. That's they're, deep. they're not on their game. You step in, you don't, and you took three, you took a couple deep breaths and, and normally you're like, you know what? I can, uh, like, you don't do that normally. I'll pick up on that. I'm throwing down number one because you're not ready to hit. <laughs> and, and the other thing I'm looking to, I'm looking to understand is where were you in, where were you in the field last? What did you do last? What did you do last play? How fast was the inning to the ground? Where are we at? Where are we at in it? Um, so there's all these little factors that are going to affect your performance that I'm trying to pick up on. I'm trying to read. Um, so then I got to play, I got to play you, right? I got to understand where you like the ball, where you don't like the ball. Uh, and I got to coach my pitcher in order to, to get him there. Nice. Then the other thing you got to manage, I hate to say it. You got to manage that. Ump. Like, <laughs> you got to You got to do it. And yeah, and that's true. So, so you know what the, 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 I always, I always laugh when catchers like young catchers in general, they look at it and they, they, they take the ball and they take, they, they take a pitch that they feel was a strike. And you know what? They just lay in like they, they will be openly verbal with ump. It's the wrong way to do it, man. You don't embarrass that guy. You manage that. You manage that person. You know, yeah. like it's little things. You're like, dude. And you know what? You don't even need to say it to the ump. You can just say, I used to say things to like, to the, to the hitters. I'd be like, you, you got lucky there, man. You should be down all one. Like I would say stuff like that. Right. So it wouldn't be, so, I wouldn't even be talking to the ump, but the ump would kind of be like, oh, maybe I missed one. Right. And, yeah. and you know what? I found that I'd let the guy know that I wasn't happy with a strike zone or something wasn't, but I would never tell him, or oh, I would never make a big scene out of it. Yeah. I you never put him on the spot. Never. You'd never know if, if, if I was, you would never know when I'm catching the catching that I'm unhappy with the strike zone, but yeah. the ump would know the ump would know. Yeah. And, and I think that's the way to manage it, right? Like even in a men's league, there's 10 people watching the game, but that guy doesn't want to get into a fight. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to be showing up in front of those people. He doesn't need that. Yeah. Um, but I've always felt that, you know, keep having a good relationship with that guy, letting him know when I wasn't, when I wasn't happy in a really responsible way, when I was hitting also too, you manage that ump, right? Um, where was that pitch? Oh, where did you see it? You know, like I, I'm always trying to figure out um, one to make myself a better hitter, but then to make myself, my pitcher a better pitcher when I'm behind the plate. So there's a lot going on as, as a catching position. It's not as simple as just like, Hey, catch the ball and throw it back to the pitcher. Yeah. Um, there's a lot more than that. So hopefully that helps your listeners understand the position. Yeah, I agree, man. Uh, the mental side of it and managing the team, that's not something I really had to do from uh, third base. You know, that's something I thought I was doing as a pitcher, but really when I was a pitcher, um, I guess I was more in, in control of the game because, you know, the pace is at mine. So if I want to get batters on, if I walk batters, like I control that pace. But if I get three up, three down, if I get it out of that, get out of that inning really quickly, like I control the pace of that game. But if you think of it, it's really the catcher that really gets that call. So it's the catcher that gets to determine, hey, this guy is a guy who's prone to fly balls. Let's move that ball up. Hey, this is a guy that can ground it all the time. Doesn't do well with the outside zone. Let's just push it out there. So 100% that there is like a mental side to it that, you know, I don't really look at it from a baseball side because again, I'm only on third base. So I get the ball, I throw the ball, but mm -hmm. catchers, man, you guys got a different job. You guys have a totally different job for me. I could never keep up with the physical demands of what catching really is. It is that up and down. It is that up and down for what? 10 to 12 minutes at a time. Cause 10 to 12 minutes, you'll be on the field. You'll be off the field. 10 or 12 minutes will be back on the field. 
it's a, it's a really tough up and down. And it's something that I never, ever, ever want to do again because it's that up and down, <laughs> but then you got to try to run out for a double and try to stretch a single into a double. Like my, my legs never had the juice. Did you ever feel like your legs had juice still after like four innings, five innings? Um, I, yeah, absolutely. Um, they had juice still, man. Good for you. Absolutely. I would, I would run, I would still, I mean, like, I, I think there's a, it depends, it depends on the team you're playing for. Um, but, but like in, when I was on some weaker teams, I felt like I had to run down the first base on most ground balls. Like I had to back that up. And, and so I did, and I did it in the, you know, I mean, obviously if the game's close, I'm doing it, but if we're down by six in the, or down by 10 in the, in the sixth inning, I am yeah. not running down there, but you know, like if the game's close, I'm, I'm making, I'm making that extra effort to, you know, to, to do what I can. Um, and I just felt like that's something that, that you had to do. And, and you know what, I also feel like it inspires your, your teammates in that sense. Like if you're, do, if you're busting your ass, right. Like what, what excuse do they have to not turn a, you know, not turn a borderline single into a double yeah. when you're running down the first base, backing up in overthrow, you know, in the sixth inning of a close game, when you've, when you've already caught six innings, like mm -hmm. they, they got to do their part too. Yeah. Uh, so how are you preparing for baseball this year, Ben? I know it's a, a weird 2020, 2021 off season. So what are you doing yeah. with yourself right now to prepare yourself for the year? So I didn't play, um, I didn't play last year. And, and part of the, the rationale was, um, I, I, you know, my, my mom, who's uh, like, she's, uh, she's in her late sixties. She was helping us out with childcare. So, you know, I couldn't expose myself to the virus and potentially get, get her sick. So I took the year off. Um, but now, like now that I'm, I'm, I actually, I, I got vaccinated. I was pretty, pretty lucky. I got, uh, got vaccinated um, because of my dad. Um, but long story short, um, I'm like, I'm full, full gears ahead. So really what, what I've, what I've been focusing on is like a lot of lower body. Uh, I think the two things that, that I would say I'm like really, really focused on right now is uh, a lot of squats, um, a lot of deadlifts and beyond that, a lot of transitional movements, rotational movements. Um, these are things that I've never really focused on before, uh, as an athlete in any way, which is kind of stupid, but the mobility piece, making sure I'm moving correctly. I have good form. Um, all these things, uh, have caused me trouble in the past, you know, and when I look at my injury list, um, yeah, sure. Everyone gets the bumps and scrapes, but you know, my biggest problems are like, you know, pulling groins, um, lower back, lower back issues. And, and all that is because I'm not moving right. You know, the right muscles aren't fail, aren't firing. And, uh, you know, one of the things actually, I, I really, I really enjoy, and it's like a couple, um, a couple shout outs there to, to some, some, some of my like physical mentors, right. Um, Kelly, Kelly Starlet, the, I'm sorry, you probably know him, right. He's become, uh, becoming a supple leopard, um, yep. author. I'm right into his book. Uh, it's helping <clears> me out, um, with a lot of the injuries that I've had. I, I, um, one of the things also to, um, squat university is the Instagram handle, uh, but Aaron Horseshoe, I'm not, not going to say his name, right. But that guy's amazing. Um, he posts all kinds of like things that really relate to me. Um, he has some, um, he has some great podcasts with uh, Dr. McGill and like the idea of gluteal amnesia. So this is something that's crazy. Like I have, I have some, um, some muscle soreness on my left, my left glute. And a lot of it is like losing that muscle connection, mind to muscle connection that I've been working on aggressively. Um, I'd never heard of this before, but like just going through some of the diagnosing videos and some of the, the, the challenges that, um, you know, people he's worked with uh, have shown, I'm very, very similar. So I may not have exactly the same problem, 
Um, you know, obviously it's like a little web MD here. I'm diagnosing yeah, myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, whether I have it or not, um, that's not the point. Um, the point is, is like, look, I, I, I'm having some, I've had some good, good issues in the past that I'm really just trying to, trying to address through, through, you know, um, the different exercises really to just kind of keep me going. Uh, it's funny. Cause like, yes, I have performance goals, but the, the biggest goal that I have is to play every game. Yep. Like, you know, what, what's the old saying? Um, like the best skill and what's the best skill an, an athlete can have and its availability. Yes. Right. It's, it's yeah. being there and playing hundred percent. And you know what, as I get older, that's what, you know, sure. Like, don't get me wrong. I want, I want five, I want five jacks this year. Like that's <laughs> what I want. I want to make sure I'm like, I'm doing the squats and I'm doing the deadlifts cause I want to hit some homers. Um, that's what I want. But the reality is, is I got to make sure that I'm healthy enough to be there so that when I get that pitch, I'm able to, I'm able to turn on it and, and drive it. Right. So yeah. that that's really what I'm, what I'm focusing on good mobility and, uh, and lower body strength and functional fitness. Oh, and functional fitness for yeah. sure. Yeah. Big time. Sure. So specifically, so I know specifically in squats and lifts, are you trying to progress to like a heavier set or are there, what other things are you trying to do that are going to take your game to the next level over this past, you know, past season that passed and uh, this season too? So for me, for me, the big, the challenge that I have is like, just, I'm, I'm really limited with, with some, with the tools that I have. Right. So it's not a scenario where I can go to the gym <laughs> and say, you know what, I'm going to build on my three plate deadlift. Mm-hmm. Um, that, like, that's not, that's not where I'm at. Um, you know, I have limited, um, uh, limited weights and, you know, my sister, she's, uh, she's a nutritionist, um, as well as, uh, like a a personal trainer in Dubai. And so she coaches me through, um, like a true, the true coach fitness app. So she gives me, she gives me a lot of, um, a lot of exercises to do do through that focus on the lower body. And her big thing is tempo. So because I don't have the weight, it's about controlling it and it's about uh, doing it slow and, and proper breathing. And I will say that I didn't think I was going to have as much challenge out of the weights that I have. Like, I'm not, like I said, I don't have, you know, 315 pounds to deadlift right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm messing around with, you know, a, 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 a barbell, like a, an easy curl bar and like 85 pounds like that, that, so the numbers are not the same, but doing it with proper form and doing it with, with slow tempo I feel like it's helping. Like, it, it, again, it's not, it's not ideal, but it's what I got now. So that's, yeah. uh, that's what I'm up to. Cool. So uh, give us a, a lens into your home gym. What are you working with right now? Like, what do you have with you? <clears throat> what are your, what are your resources right now? Okay. So um, <clears throat> I have some, like, again, I think, I think most, most young men, when they, when they get some stuff with the, with the, with like, they, they get some tools. Um, the first thing you buy is like the easy curl bar and, you know, I suffer biceps, right. Um, so I have like, I have a bicep, uh, bicep bench. I have a flat bench. Um, I have some, like some limited weights. I have a couple adjustable dumbbells. Um, not, not very much like up to 30 pounds, uh, just a couple like cheap power block ones, yep. um, that I had before the pandemic. Right. <clears throat> cool. Um, I picked up a bunch of resistance bands, which have, which have helped out a lot, um, to give me some of the, the additional weight that, that I was looking for. Um, and that's, uh, that's really been my set. Like it's, it's really, really been, uh, been fairly, fairly simple, um, in, in terms of weight. So a lot of the stuff that I've really been focusing on, has been more, more mobility, more body weight, um, body weight exercises, uh, that's just helped me get, you know, at least, at least my weight down to kind of where, where I think I can steal some bases and be so, somewhat productive <laughs> move around the field. 
um, because, you know, missing out on missing out, like, actually it's funny because winter, you know, people are like, Oh, I get fat over the winter. I get skinny over the winter. I lose a lot of weight over the winter because of hockey. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, okay. All the extra so cardio, like, all the extra cardio drop yeah. a lot of weight. So usually right about now I'm floating around 200 and um, five pounds is like kind of where, where I'm at, like pr- pretty lean, I would say, uh, or leaner for me anyway, maybe not lean compared to some of your listeners, but like lean for me. No, man, don't uh, worry. Don't worry about the listeners. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so right now I'm floating like, uh, two, two, I, I just, I was like weighing myself this morning. I just dropped below, uh, two, 220 pounds. So I'm like 219 right now feeling like feeling pretty lean. Um, but not like, not cart, like not cardio lean, like, and not, not, yeah. not as strong as I like, you know, walking season, so man. I, yeah. 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 Like I'm kind of <laughs> in this, like in this awkward phase where like, I want to be getting a bit stronger, especially in the lower body, but I don't have the weights to do it. Um, and you know, it's kind of been a, it's kind of been this awkward time, right? Because do you want to, do you want to invest in a gym or like, you know, you got, you got your row, rowing machine, which I think is awesome. Um, like, but you want to invest in something like that, or do you still want to float with the idea of maybe going back to the gym? Yeah. I think uh, for me personally, I'm, uh, I'm actually thinking about just like, you know what, let's spend a couple grand and like get a decent weight set and never go back to the gym ever again. <laughs> uh, that, You're thinking about doing it too, right? Yeah, I, honestly, like, don't get me wrong. I had some amazing times at the gym. The The nice thing about the gym is like, once you get in that, once you walk through those doors, man, you're geared up, you're ready yeah. to go. You know, yeah. um, it's really difficult to like gear up for that big deadlift when you know there's a TV upstairs. And, a, and, and you a got your two girls running around. Yeah, a three, man. Three. Well, three? <laughs> Jesus. Three. three. So, uh, yeah, you know, that's... Uh, anyways i got to get into that phase and i think working from home has helped out a lot and i think i will make that transition you know squat rack um you know a couple couple uh 45 plates and you know get myself an olympic bar and and like let's let's get going because nice i i think i think that's that's what uh where it's at i think i'll I'll be i'll be making the investment anyways that's good man that's good stuff have you thought about going back to the gym like what what was your gym scenario because we ran into each other. I think it was, I want to say a good life change room. I yeah. want to say close to like six to seven years ago, back when we actually played against each other very regularly. Yeah. yeah. Um, we walked into each other. I actually didn't even notice you. I got headphones in. I'm just like, I'm like zoned in, but yeah. then you like shouted me out in the change room. You're like, yo, what's going on, man? And I was like, Oh shit. Like, I didn't even know that you actually came here. Mm. Like, is that something you want to go back to? Or is that like, what are you, what are you thinking? So, so one of the things I, I love at the gym, especially like, honestly, the nice thing about good life um, is that you can go anywhere. Right. So yeah. um, I, I only went to, I only went to the Hillcrest location, like when I was working in that area, but like, it's not my regular gym. Like my regular gym was Aurora, like Aurora, Barry, um, Mississauga, Heartland, uh, downtown Toronto at Bay, on Bay street. Like I, I moved around and and honestly i loved i love seeing the different people there i made some different connections with with some different people um actually the first for first personal trainer um that i worked with was downtown like right at bay street i just i just stopped there and i was I, she was doing some olympic lifts and i was like hey can we just like touch base for 10 minutes so you can help me with my deadlift and she was like yeah cool and like I, i'll miss i'll miss that like that's yeah. the attractive part about the gym is um is one training with other people like i i don't know about you but i love to train with people that are stronger than me i love like if you can clean more than me or you can deadlift more than me or bench more i want to work out with you because <laughs> i love i love chasing people like i love chasing what I, like, I, i'll cheer you on i'll spot you 
I'll, I'll help you get your personal, personal best, but yeah. you better, you better believe that I want to beat you. <laughs> like, I want, but competitive. You know, I, absolutely, man. And I love that. And I think that that fires me up um, even on those, you know, Wednesday morning workouts. Right. Um, so that's what I'm going to miss about it. You know yeah. um, I think, I think the part that the part that I struggle with um, like that, I, that I, like, I absolutely will miss is, is that aspect and having access to like, an unlimited amount of tools. Yeah. All the you toys, know, I, I was, all the toys, all the toys, world. all yeah. the toys, man. And, and that's great. Like, um, sometimes the, the choice is a little too much though. Like I've walked into the gym and I'm like, you know what? It's I too overwhelming, this- man. There's too many options. Sometimes, you know, and then like, you know, one of the things that, um, that, you know, I, I think Kelly Starr has, has kind of been said, is like, just cause someone's doing an exercise, like doesn't mean it's right for you. You know, like there's so many different aspects to it. And, and I fall into that. I see you like, Oh man, John, you just did this Arnold press and like, maybe you have better shoulder mobility than me, or I don't have great shoulder mobility. And I try it and I'm like, ah, you know, I see you're doing, you're doing 65. Oh, I'll just pick up some fifties. Maybe it's too heavy. You know, you don't know the exercise you get hurt. Yeah. Um, so I, I suffer a little bit from that. Like I definitely like to watch what other people are doing, especially people that are rel- like relatively successful um, in there. Like when I look at them, I'm like, that guy's really strong. He's lifting a lot of weights is good physique, like whatever, whatever it happens to be. Um, so I, like, I admire that. Um, and then you want to emulate that. Of course. But the reality, the reality is, is it's, I, I don't want to downplay the gym. I like, I love the gym. I had a great time there, but the biggest thing when it comes to all that is not the gym. It's how you eat. Yeah. <laughs> if, I agree, if you man. If, you know, muscles may be made in the gym, but abs and everything else are made in the kitchen. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I agree. I kind of want to keep in that gym world because I want to get more of that lens and I want you to build that picture for me and for the listeners. So how long have you been training the gym? How long have you been working out a good life or any other gym specifically? How long have you been fit? Has it been your entire adult life as you've been playing sports? Like what is, how does the gym play in your entire life and how long have you been there? Okay. Uh, so I started, so I, I went to university. Um, when I, gra- I graduated university at 23 Um, I, I came back, came back home, started playing, started playing sports again. And the reason I incorporated the gym was because when I was playing hockey, I felt like my conditioning in the third period wasn't good enough. Like I felt like I wasn't playing as well. And I was giving up opportunities to, to score and to like, to be more dominant in the game. So I was like, you know, I'm going to start training, um, and going and going to good life. So I just like, I just got a job, just started on with hydro. And I'm working on, I'm working in, in, in Barrie and everybody in Barrie, like the whole team was around my age. Um, and they're all gym rats, every single one of them. Like one of the guys was a, was a bodybuilder, like a junior, junior bodybuilder, incredible <laughs> physique. Um, so strong. Like I, I would just, I, I remember, I remember he's like, oh, are we deadlifting today? And I'm like, yeah. I was like, I, I, I think I can do like, you know, maybe a plate, a plate maybe and a quarter or something, maybe two, like. He was like, yeah, yeah. He warmed up to four debt, four plates, man. He was insane, <laughs> like so strong. But I love those moments, man. I love those moments, and and I just honestly, I just fell in love with the gym um, at that at that point. Um, sports have always been part of my life, but the gym kind of <clears> came in came in a little bit later. Um, and the thing that I, I I always say with the gym um, was that I was I was always really committed. I never had a problem with like with showing up, especially early in the morning, like I. I, I always felt like it was quiet at that point. And I yeah. love good life because they're open. 20, most of them are open 24 hours and you show up at four or five in the morning 
Um, no one wants to hang out with you at that time anyway. So the gym's always there. It keeps you company. Um, and, uh, and so I was training, you know, anywhere between three to six days a week, depending on the time that, that I've been there. Um, my, my training plan was generally, I mean, I started off with the bro splits, like bro science the whole way. Like, you know, (laughs) we do chest on Mondays, you do back on Tuesdays, arms on Wednesdays, arms on Wednesdays, you know, maybe, maybe legs on Fridays. If you make it to the gym, (laughs) like it was, it was total bro. Like it was, it was total bro science. Yeah. Bro science. Absolutely. Um, and then you start, you start reading and you start evolving and, you know, you start to build off that. And, and, you know, I was probably like the bro science guy for like, three, four years, um, I, I would say. And, and honestly, I had, I had pretty decent results. Um, I, I had good results with, um, bench press with, with like most of my back, like most of my back exercises, everything except for deadlift. Deadlift was like the, um, if you've seen gone in 60 se- seconds, like de- deadlift was my Eleanor. Like it was like the thing, you, <laughs> the car you like didn't want to go near. Um, and all because I didn't know how to do it. Like, I just, I didn't know how to do it. I didn't have the right form. So you stayed away from it. You're afraid of it. You're going to hurt yourself, blah, 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 um, all that stuff. But I think that the challenge that I had um, with, with the gym is that all my goals never compounded upon themselves, right? So, mm. okay, you'd hit my, – I remember my first big goal was like hit two plates on the bench press for 10 reps, three sets, 10 reps. And I did it. And I was like, yeah, I nailed it. And then after that, I was like, you know what I want to do? Um, I want to go uh, run a mile. <laughs> and like, I want to run a mile in like three minutes or, you know, I obviously that that's not, that's not right. But like, I want to run a mile in five minutes or whatever it was. Right. Yeah. And, and so I would never have goals that would like would stack. And, and like, that's something that, that ultimately hindered, like hindered my performance. I would really bounce around um, about it, but I always had a goal and I love, like, I love that. So I, I could always chase something. I knew whatever I was going into the gym um, I could, uh, I could have, I, I could do, but sometimes you have to look at what your goals are and like how they lead to the next goal and line them up. So then you really achieve something amazing. Yeah. And I don't think I ever, like, I ever got to that, that pinnacle, right. Where other people that had goals that were aligned, you know what, did I ever bench three plates? No. Cause I never set myself up to, to like, to do it. Um, yeah. So I, honestly, I loved it. I loved my time there. A lot of struggles. Uh, I was great with consistency in terms of showing up and, and like doing the work. I wasn't so consistent, so great with my diet. Um, and I definitely wasn't honest with a lot of the calorie trackings when I did it. Um, now, as I get, I get older, I understand how much my caloric intake like really defines what I get out of my training and what I get out of my re- recovery. So I'm way more serious about it. It just <clears throat> sucks that I wasted 15 years figuring that out. You know what? Sometimes it takes that man. Sometimes it takes it, but I kind of want to actually maybe see if I can flip the script on you and maybe make you think of it a little bit differently. So I remember the email that you sent to me and you said it again today. So you did say that you never had goals that were specifically stacking. So let's say, for example, let's use chest press. You know, you yeah. got to two plates. Maybe you wanted to get to two and a half and you wanted to get to three. Like they never stacked to each other. So totally understood. I want to throw this at you and I want to see what you think about it. Do you think that that was a hindrance to some of your goals or to like what you wanted to accomplish? Or do you feel that that's better well-rounding all of your abilities. So yes, you could have done a chest press, you know, for five or six months and gotten to maybe four plates, but to some degree, yes, you're going to do a heavy lift for two months. And then for the next two months, you're going to just run it off. And then for the next two months, you might go into a heavy deadlift phase. 
do you think that it's not that it wasn't stacking or am I going to bust your brain by saying, I think it's actually important that you did that? Well, I think, I think it's the idea, John, of being like, do you want to be, do you want to be a, like, do you want to be a specialist? Do you want to be a bodybuilder or do you want to be like the, the fitness guy? You want to be a jack of all trades, but the, the, I guess the term is jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah. Right. And, and I think when I look at my goals um, and maybe it's all just hindsight there. Cause I, like, I see your point, right. Realistically, like when I talk, I was a big hockey guy. Um, the, the whole thing was about, it's about being well-rounded, right? Like you need yes. to have great cardio and you need to have strength, right? Hockey is like the need- perfect balanced sport. Like you need to have proper cardio. You need to have hand-eye coordination. You need to have transverse plane movements. You can't just do single motion or single jointed exercises. It is like literally the complete athlete. I'm not a massive hockey guy personally, but it is probably the most athletically technical position and sport you can play. Wow. That's, that's a big compliment. And for me, not being a hockey guy, that's uh, <laughs> that. No, seriously, you know what? Most people are going to knock it, but um, no, I, I appreciate that. And, and I, 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 so I think, I think my training supported that well-roundedness, but when yeah. I look back as like, as a, as, as like, did I reach the pinnacle of one thing? No, I, I didn't. And maybe that's just my personality a little bit, John, where, where you say, you know what, like, oh, I lifted two, I lifted two and a quarter. I should have lifted three. Um, you know, like, but I did, I never got there. I never got there. It's like that. It's that looking back and saying, well, you know, you could have got there. I, I, I believe that could get there. I probably can still get there now. Mm-hmm. Um, if I, if I wanted to do it, um, the question is, is like, do, do I really, do I really want to do it? And am I willing to make the sacrifices? Because everything's a trade-off, right? Yep. Like last summer yep, I got into running and, and I'm sitting there and, you know, I got up to, I think, I think at the end of the summer, um, I was hoping I could, I could have ran uh, a half marathon and I made it up to like 17 kilometers and then the winter hit. Right. So I like, I was confident I could do it. Um, but at the same time, like that style of endurance running is again, not conducive to hockey training. Right. Yeah. So I, am I setting myself up by, by like achieving one goal? Am I trading off another? And the answer is, is absolutely yes. Um, but I, I think, I think at a certain point, uh, you know what, you, you have to have different things that excite you and make you want to go to the gym. And, and I think that my training, even though it was a little, I'll call it sporadic, even though it really wasn't like it was consistent, but I, my goals changed a lot. Yeah. Um, it kept me going back and, and you know what, it's definitely better for my health that, that I was going there as opposed to like, um, you know, just saying, Play okay, I, or something. I, yeah, exactly. Whatever it was I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. I agree, man. So I, I just kind of want to put that around because for me, I was in that stage where I kind of actually beat myself up as well too. So it was to a point where I got to a deadlift, I got to like four, four and a half, maybe even five plates at one point. And I was like, how do I keep pushing through this? Is this actually going to be more beneficial for me to keep pushing through this? Or do I want to get away from this and make sure that like, I can actually look at it this in a different lens and make sure that I'm actually like cross-training myself so that I'm not just, you know, going to kill myself doing a deadlift. Like, what more can I do? Can I also run 20 minutes and then also go back to some deadlifts afterwards? I just want to kind of spin it around to say, you know what? I think it's actually better for us as athletes to be a little more well-rounded, even though you're not going to the max in one specific trade. I think it's actually really important that we actually mix up as much as we possibly can. So I know I'm doing, and I know you applauded that I have a rower. I actually think that this is almost making me at this point now that I'm like three months in and I'm super consistent. I think it's also almost boxing me into making myself 
one specific type by either reaching for a distance or reaching for a speed or reaching for a power. It's kind of boxing me into a point where I've got the rower and this is what I have. And I know this is COVID times and we only have so many resources as it is. And to be honest, I don't want to go, go back to gym. So that's kind of my own choice, but I think it's important to look at it as we're changing our goals in addition to changing our body's ability to adapt to it. And the more that you keep changing that stimulus, the more your body keeps adapting and the better you become. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I, I mentioned, uh, so I, I think that the changing the, the stim, the stimulus is, is something that again, I, I'm, I'm still learning a little bit about. Um, so a, a lot of the stuff, and I, I didn't mention this earlier, but a lot of the stuff that I do is kind of self-taught. Um, and that's why I've struggled with certain points. Like, you know, I was, I was giving the example with the deadlift and, you know, for the deadlift, the reason I was afraid of it was because I wasn't good at it. I wasn't do, I wasn't breathing correctly. I wasn't bracing my spine correctly. I was hurting my back every time I did it. And you're a tall and, man too, man. Like how tall are you? I'm six, four. Are you going bar to the floor as well? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, man. It's, it's not easy yeah. for you, man. <laughs> absolutely. So, so like, you know, I, I remember having a, like, th this is like the, the power of men, like mentorship and, co and proper coaching. You know, I was, I was telling the story about, the, you know, the, the one power lifter, uh, personal trainer that I saw. So she ended up did meeting with me and she said, she literally coached me no word of a lie for, for like 15 minutes. And she taught me how to grip the bar, how to, how to brace my back, how to breathe in properly. Um, and coming out of that session, I, I was like two set. I was, I was um, doing, I was doing it like 275 when my max was like 180 on my own. Right. So like just a little bit of coaching and all of a sudden, you know, you, you, you get there. And anyways, back to your point about the, like the, the, the changing in the stimulus, you know, when I started doing all this running, I would vary the distance based on how it feels. So, you know, like today, okay. Uh, I ran 11 kilometers last time. Um, and I'm running, you know, I only had one day rest. So maybe I'll run eight kilometers this time. And then, you know, I would do something along the next line. Okay. The next day I would say, you know, what? I ran eight kilometers yesterday. Uh, I'm going to ramp it up to 13 kilometers today. And like, okay. I would coach myself right on what made sense to me. But when you look at some of the training programs that are out there for, for, you know, long distance running, there's a lot of speed work in there. Yeah. Like yeah. A lot of like, speed work, a lot of intervals. Yeah. A yeah. lot, which, which, you know, what is like, is totally to what you're saying, right? It's that idea that, you know, if you want to achieve this goal, you still need to be got better at other aspects of running. It's not as simple as just saying, well, you know what, just go just run 21 kilometers or just go a little farther each time until you get there. No, it's, it's about that well-rounded game that you're talking about that well-rounded piece of training that really kind of gets you to that next level. So I think your point's a good one for sure. Um, I know you talked about deadlifts and I know you talked about running. So what's, um, what's the trend for you right now? What are you jumping on? Like, what is the training philosophy that you're trying to adapt to right now? So for, for me, um, one of the things I've, I've, I've always kind of been proud of, um, despite, you know, being a heavy white guy is like my jumping <laughs> ability. I love to jump, man. I love you play it. basketball. No, you oh, come on, man. Uh, I'm a totally, totally terrible basketball player. I'm the guy that like you just put under and you're like, grab the rebound and pass the good players. Run, run right <laughs> uh, to the hoop. Yeah, run right yeah. to the hoop, rebound it and get uh, to the shooter. I, I played, I played, um, I played uh, intramural basketball when I was at school. And uh, one of my friends was on the, on the varsity girls basketball team. And so I played with a, with a couple of like really excellent girl basketball players. And every time I grabbed a rebound and I went to shoot, honest to God, this one, like this one amazing basketball player would be like, no, every single time, like, don't shoot the ball. Um, so, but anyways, um, like that, you know, I, 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 
I enjoy, I enjoy it. Definitely no, no. Yeah. But I love to jump. So back to the training. Um, I love the explosive movements right now. Yeah, um, awesome, I can't, I can't wait to get back to, to some jumping. I have the wood in my, in my garage just to build myself a little box, um, to jump and by like little, I'm like three feet. Like I, I can jump. I want to hit that three feet. I can do it. Um, that that's kind of, kind of what I like to do. Like I love box jumps uh, a lot, a lot of fun doing that. Uh, a lot of sprints. Um, again, like I, I feel like I, I, owe, I need that explosive movement for, for baseball. So as soon as, you know, it, we're kind of in a weird time, um, uh, weather-wise right now, like with the freeze and the thaw today was 10 degrees. Tomorrow's going to be 10 degrees. I'll get some sprints in tomorrow. Uh, you know, that's, uh, that's where I'm at right now. I really, nice. really want to focus on the explosive movements for sure. I agree, man. Like explosivity, I think is everything for me, man. Like I think I want to say it was probably about two years ago. So 2019 or so, but somewhere after the baseball season ended, I kind of just felt like as if I was going through the motions of like going to the gym, getting through that one hour workout. And although I felt good on the field, although I had no problems getting off of the field and I had no problems, you know, an hour or two after the game, I just felt like I was still missing that like one little thing that was just something was missing. It was a good game. It was, you know, I endured the entire game. Like I was not tired at any point throughout the game, but there was something about it that wasn't quite there. And in 2019, I started rowing heavily. And honestly, man, that explosivity, that is key. It is absolutely key for baseball. Uh, I did a lot of like static workouts when I was, uh, you know, 2013 going back when I got, uh, when I lost a lot of weight, but it's not in like being lean. It's actually in being very explosive in those movements. Mm. Um, I does miss those times. Does that come natural to you? It does not come natural to me. As far as which, uh, like explosivity? Yeah. No, it, it's definitely not natural. You definitely have to work at it. Um, I feel as if it's been compounding over the last two and a half years or so, because I have been rowing consistently for two and a half years or give or take two years. Uh, it does not come naturally, but it's something that you definitely got to practice and work on. Um, but like you said, uh, and like in your one of your emails, for me, it's just maintaining it, making sure that I can, prolong it as much as possible and keep father time at bay as long as possible. Right. Mm. Yeah. I, so I, I, I don't know. I, I have some athletes, like some friends, um, a- athletes that I just feel like explosiveness just comes so naturally to them. Like, I don't, I don't, we don't openly talk about explosive training. In fact, you're one of the only people that, you know, has kind of come out and said like, yeah, this is a really good idea. Um, you know, when I talk to some of my, some, some of the people that I consider like really, really explosive athletes, that's not something they focus on. It's like, it's almost like, I don't say it's God given, but it like, it comes really easy to them. Whereas I'm the opposite. If I'm not jumping or I'm not doing something of that nature that focuses on like that pop, you know, mm-hmm. um, I don't, I can't do it. Like I, I, I have to train that aspect of it or it's, it just doesn't work for me. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's, the, maybe it's the old man muscles. I'm not sure. No, but, no, it's uh, not man. The way that I look at it, explosivity is, Think of yourself as a battery. And I hate to do this. Um, I actually just watched The Matrix. Have you watched The Matrix? Oh, not in a long time. I couldn't <laughs> quote it for you. Sorry, man. Don't you, worry, you man. It's all good. Old, go I actually it. rewatched it. I rewatched it. I made my girlfriend watch it for the first time the other day. So uh, in The Matrix, there's a part in the first movie where they unhook Keanu Reeves from The Matrix. So he's now seeing what the real world is. So he's seeing himself as a battery and I hate to put myself in that terms, but we're energy balls. So we have a finite amount of resources that we have to use every single day. That's, that's hundred percent given to us every single day. 
So when you wake up in the morning, your battery might be at 100% or sometimes your personal battery might be at 80. But you need to find a way to like manage those resources so that when you need it, you can spike that explosivity when you need it. Because if you look at the best athletes, whether it be Usain Bolt or Andre de Grasse or LeBron James, they're not explosive for 30 minutes. They're not explosive for an hour. They're explosive for five minutes three minutes, two minutes. But what's different about them is that they're able to do it over a long period of time. So I think it's important to know that explosivity is important, but you need to be very selective with where you're picking your spots because you can't be explosive all the time. No, that's the thing you can't. It's impossible, man. It's impossible. Your body needs a chance to come back. It needs to come back to its regular state, needs to charge right back up, and then you'll be able to be explosive again. So I think as long as you're doing it in like a moderation, I think that's the most important thing. And then knowing when you need to push, that's the, yeah. that's the tough part. Yeah. The, the interesting, you know what, you know what I think when you say all that, uh, and this is something again, I'm not an expert on, but, but I'm Me neither, to, man. Me neither. to understand, understand, or at least learn more about this is the effect that exercise has on your nervous system. Um, I, I, it's never something I've really con- considered before. Uh, but now like the, the more I get into this and that explosive movements, like I feel like there, my body does need that moment to, to recover, right. Mm-hmm. It needs some points to just say, you know what, you, you can't go hard every single day, which I agree. You know, when I was younger, that was my, tr- I was going like, I was going for personal, personal best every time I was <laughs> in the gym, you know? Yeah, yeah. man. I, and, and like, don't get me wrong. It, it was fun. And you felt like you were achieving something but it's not sustainable. And, and, you know, now that I'm kind of in my, in my, in my late thirties, like I still have the ability to, to lift and move the weight that I, the same weight that I had before, for the most part, um, I don't have it, the ability to do it at this with the same frequency though. I don't recover sure. the same way and I don't have the same. Um, I, I think, you know what, maybe your battery is the best way, but like my battery does need to recharge. It's not something that I can, <laughs> I can do every day. Yeah. No, I know. And honestly, I think it's it's sometimes easy to say that to recharge, you go get a massage, you go to physio, you go to Cairo. Like that's obviously very simple and easy ways to kind of get recharged. But I think we also need to start thinking of like perspective of like what we have in our lives. So for me, uh, I live at home with my father and sometimes recharging is going upstairs to the family room, watching the Raptors game with him, listening to him vent about the Raptors. Like that's a, a way for me to recharge. So I think it's also important to find real, real life incidents that we have in our life that will help us recharge. So sometimes that might be a cheat day with my girlfriend and we'll have pizza and we'll have donuts afterwards. Sometimes it's TV time with my dad. Sometimes it's sitting in my, in my bed with my dog for like 30 minutes. Like those little moments that you can find a way to recharge yourself, I think are super, super, super important, man. Mm. You know, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I, I think the mental side of, of fitness is something that's like, that's under underestimated pretty much completely. Like, I, I feel like now, you know, when, when I was just getting into sports, like there were no sports psychologists, like there was no, oh. you didn't talk to anyone about pressure or, or how you felt. Um, you know, I, I remember, I remember like my, my dad is like the old school hockey player, right? He was terrible. I my dad, my dad would like, every father son game, he would talk like so much shit and then he'd get out on the ice and he's like the, he can't even skate. Um, <laughs> anyways, that's a whole different story, but, um, you know, 
the, 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 like the side and the expectation from, from our parents' generation, I don't know how your dad was, but my dad is like, look, you need to toughen up. Like, this yeah. is something you need to deal with. And sometimes it wasn't a physical problem that I had. It was like the emotional side of things that I was struggling with. Like, you know, I was afraid of something yeah. or I would, you know, this guy did something to me or, you know, whether it was in hockey, like, oh, this guy, this guy was tougher than me or, and I was afraid of him. Or it was in baseball where I was like, you know what? I don't know if I can hit this guy. Yeah, this guy's throwing so much heat right now. Yeah, like I don't even know if I can see the ball, let alone (laughs) touch it. Like, what do you want me to do? And and like now the game is like now there's so much more focus on on that. Um, There's so much more information out there on like on the mental the mental side of it. And and I hear what you're saying. You know, with with uh, you know recharging. You know, sometimes it's not you know foam rolling for an hour. Sometimes it's not. Um, you know, throwing on those recovery pants or using the, you know, the, the Theragun to, to get you through and, and loosen up your muscles. It's like, you know what, just shut it down, sit there, relax yourself, have your herbal tea, you know, read a book and, yeah. and like realize that you're not going to be a pro ever, except that you're not going to be a pro at the gym every day uh, and come back stronger the next day. You didn't have a great training day today. Well, tomorrow's a new day and yeah, work it out. You know? Yeah, I think we get that as we get older. You get that experience as you get older. Because when you're young, you're it's it's all about glory lifting. It's all about ego lifting, and you think you can do it every single day and hit a PR. But as you get older, you you just want to keep doing it every day. You don't even want to hit a PR every day. You just want to be able to do this every single day, right? You know what? It's it's funny that you mentioned it. I, I probably could dig up the article. I mean, I have I have I had a subscription to Men Health Men's Men, uh, Men's Health uh, like in my late twenties. And they had this awesome article about like changing your mentality as you age in sports. And, and like, as they kind of start creeping into, you know, your forties and your fifties, they, the goals become, as you said, like staying in the game, like being happy. You're still playing yeah. as opposed to like, did you dominate your men's league? Um, you know, it, it becomes more for the love of the game and the ability and the pride that you're still, you've maintained yourself for so long that you're, you're, you're able to play with some of these younger kids and not feel out of place. So yeah, I, I think it's a great point, man. It's, it's something that, that I, I believe in. And I remember reading that article and thinking, man, if I ever get there, I, I will be, uh, hopefully <laughs> I can be happy to still be in the game. So listen, yeah, man, it's, it's uh, right we're thinking. I don't mean to pull this out, but how old are you? I'm 30, 38, 38, 38. for the sake 39 in June, 39 in June. Wow. For the sake of you both playing hockey in the off season and also baseball in the summer, dude. So I'm 34. Um, I have a lot of friends that are, you know, or there'd be close friends, a tight knit circle. I have a lot of friends that I know that have also just like completely went to the other way with their health. Like, yes, I understand there's priorities. You got families, you want to take care of your children. Um, you know, the fact that you're 38, going to be 39, the fact that I'm 34, but we're still physically in shape to be able to do these things. I think it's a massive hat off to you as well. Uh, and to any older athlete that's out there still maintaining their work. It's absolutely awesome what we're able to accomplish. And honestly, all I can keep doing is just encouraging you guys to keep moving forward with it. Because it's not about, and it, it, don't get me wrong, it's fun to hit five home runs. It's fun to hit eight, eight home runs. It's fun to hit and have a really great season. But what's even more fulfilling for me as I get older is being able to keep up with that 25 year old in the game is being able to keep up with that 23 year old skating. Like those are the victories. It's not the five home runs. It's not the eight home runs. It's not the championship wins. It's like maintaining that longevity. And I think the longer that we can maintain that, whether through mental health, whether it be through Theraguns, whether it be through massages, I think that's the important part of, 
of life, not even just sport. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, uh, I, I hear you on that. It, it's funny to hear that, you know, your, your fam or sorry, some of your friends have like kind of made priorities and, and gone the other way because of their family. Like I, uh, my family is like one of my main driving motivations for being, for being fit, um, or be like to exercise, you know, mm-hmm. I took my girls tobogganing. I walked up and down a hill out of the Aurora community center, like the hill behind the hill behind it. I ran those kids up and down that hill for an hour and a half and yeah. I had no problems doing it. No problems that's the, doing that's it. That's the win in real life right there, man. That's yeah. the win. The, uh, the enjoyment that they got out of it. Um, and like, I wasn't begging, I wasn't begging to go home. Like girls, we can stay as long as you want. I'm going to go up this Daddy hill. can do this all day. I can do this all day. <laughs> uh, and, and I remember looking at like, looking at my step counter, it would have been interesting actually if I had, if I had a whoop like you, but uh, I looked at my step counter. I like, it was something ridiculous. Like it was, it was like four and a half kilometers or something like that. In that hour and a half, we were, we were there of just like up and down that hill, nice. which you don't even think about, right? Like you don't even think about as you're doing it, but yeah, I'll just look, you, you girls are tired. No problem. Hop on the sled. I'll pull you up. No big deal. Like let's yeah. keep going. And, and the enjoyment that, that they got out of that and the enjoyment that I got out of that because I was able to be right there with them. Um, hugely, hugely valuable. So yeah. hopefully for, for anyone who's listening, um, you know, as your, as your kids get older, you want to be right there, uh, active with them. And, uh, if that, if that's, that can be anything motivating for, for anyone listening, uh, I hope, uh, I hope they take that to heart. Yeah. I think that was all your running that you did last year, man, all that running <laughs> and all those miles you put in, it gave yeah. you that extra, that extra cardio boost in there. Yeah. Yeah. Right on, right on. <laughs> Uh, so I also wanted to talk about uh, tracking. So tracking is something you just actually mentioned. So steps and your step count or your travel count. Are there yeah. like, how, how do you measure your success? How are you tracking anything at the moment? So what are you tracking? What's important to you? Okay. So right now, um, right now, my, my two main uh, tracks and like, it gets a little awkward for the first one. The first one is calorie intake. I measure literally everything, every meal, <laughs> anything I put in my body, whether it's half a cookie or a chicken breast or, you know, a bunch of Brussels sprouts that I had for, for dinner, it's on, it's on, I can tell you that I can tell you what I had for lunch. I can tell you exactly how much I can tell you my macros broken down. Um, and the reason I do that is because I am the other number I'm tracking is my weight. And right now I want to, I want to do a little bit more running this summer um, which is a little bit contradictory to, you know, the power kind of things that I, I'm going. So I am trying to focus on, on dropping down a little bit. So when I do run a bit, um, I'm, uh, I'm not, it's not, not caring as knees, much, right? Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's really what I want to do. So those are the things that I'm like, I'm really tracking right now, um, consistently. And I would say like really, really accurately. And I've, I'm probably for my calories, I'm going to tell you, um, I've been honest with myself for 60 days. So my fitness pal, I'm using that app, um, everything that's been in there in my body, whether it's cups of water, um, you know, chocolates, I sneak from the corner. Like I felt so stupid the other day, John, I wanted a piece of dark chocolate. I ripped off eight grams, eight grams of dark chocolate. I measured it out, put it in the app. Like there's nothing <laughs> that gets in my body right now that doesn't go in there. So at least I'm honest with myself. Right. Yeah. So if my weight, if my weight's going up, I know why. I look at my app. Well, you know what? Your your caloric intake was 22, uh, 2200 calories. Yet, yet, or that was your target, and you were twenty seven hundred calories. So that's what happened. You know, um, but all that all that data, being an engineer, 
I need that data in order to decipher where I'm going. And that's why I go. That's why I do it. Um, the other thing I will say that's a little bit surprising with, uh, with my macros is, uh, the amount of carbs that, that I've got in there. And like, that's something. So again, working with my sister, um, she's like, look, you need to, you need to get 8,000 steps a day. Um, you need to be ex- you know, you need to be doing hit training three times a week and you need to be lifting, uh, five times a week. And so she's got all the plans out there. She, she lists it all out for me. She's like, you need 200 grams of carbs a day. And I was like, 200 grams of carbs a day. You crazy. Like that's <laughs> how am I supposed to lose any weight with that much, like that much carbs. Um, but you know what? It's something that you, you just think, okay, like being a caloric caloric deficit, but you're not thinking about what calories you're taking what in kind and of how calories. you're exactly and how you're yeah. fueling your body and what your body needs. And now when I do like when I do my hit my hit sessions, I'm killing these things. Like I'm powering through. And and it's not, I don't just like, oh, I'm I'm going through the motion because my body's tired. I don't have the, I don't have the I don't have the fuel. I don't have the energy. 200 cal- 200 grams of carbs gets me through my workouts. The key to it all is being active. Like the second I, I lose a workout, you're, you know, you're way over on your, on your calories. But if I can get the workouts in and I've never had a problem with that, um, it's about fueling my body and matching, um, matching the workout demand. So I think that that, that's the main thing I'm tracking. The other thing is, uh, is the weight. And then the final thing, which I will say is like, I'm not as good at, I don't have a great one is uh is my sleep so i target seven hours of sleep um every night which uh, i've really benefited from covid because i don't have to travel to work right now um but because you know one of the things that i, I really I, I i regret admitting to you john being a big recovery guy is uh i live by the arnold schwarzenegger uh rule of sleep right six I hours of it... sleep he's like he's like six Was hours six? of sleep he's like if you need more than six hours of sleep just sleep faster he's like six <laughs> hours that's all you need and uh and like, I can't, I can't, I, you know, again, getting older, my body needs more, more recovery. So I've uh, like seven hours. That's what I get. I make sure I get that every single day. I probably could use more on some of the more intense workout days. Um, but at the same time, I'm really committed to my, my plan. So, um, I work out first thing in the morning, you know, if I'm not working out by five, five in the morning, I miss an opportunity because the kids will grab hold of me. The wife will grab hold of me um you know with or work will grab hold of me and i won't get it done so and life has to move on man don't worry exactly exactly yeah yeah honestly so those are man, things i'm tracking that's good that's good uh i kind of want to dig into the first one and i think it's probably the biggest one and probably most important to you and the one that you're tracking the most so macros yeah so diet wise first have you tried anything have you you know gone keto have you gone high carb have you gone high protein have you ever tried swinging those numbers in either direction and what have you found as you've swung them either way yeah yeah so um i found my body really responded to keto um Mm, like really really responded um and it helps me helped me manage like manage my weight um which and it like i think i think like if i really want to lose weight uh, a caloric deficit hot like keto 225 grams of protein um you know 125 grams of fat and, you know, under 50 grams of carbs, um, that'll do it like that. That will be pretty effective for me. Um, it was a diet that I personally loved because one, I didn't feel it was for me anyway, maybe for other people, it's different for me. It didn't, it wasn't conducive to max performance. So it was something that got me to the weight that I wanted. It got me a, like a, a physique I was happy with, um, 
I didn't think it was particularly healthy overall. Like some of the things I was eating in there, like have no business being in my body, <laughs> but they fit in the keto diet. Right. Yeah. Um, I was so, loading up on like super dark chocolate for like a week. Like gross, one of those man. Lindor bars at 85%, yeah. like one of yeah. those bars to like once every two days. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's gross. Like that's not, <laughs> you know, 85 is gross. I don't know. I don't know how you did it. Like I, I, it was I bitter found... stuff, man, but I like the bitter stuff. I'm okay with it. Oh, do you see so yeah. 70, 70 for me, like dark chocolate, 70%. That's where I'm at. Uh, yeah. Anything more than that's too bitter. But um, you know, the other thing I felt, I felt too with that diet was, um, some of the stuff I didn't really like, I didn't really enjoy. Right. So it was, for me, it was like a lot of chicken breast, a lot of ground Turkey, um, a lot of medium ground beef. And, mm. and like, honestly, like, don't get me wrong. I love a good juicy burger. I love barbecuing. I love it. Oh, but, I know um, you do, man. I know yeah. you do. But, but you know what? It's not, it's not something that I like, I like to eat a couple times a day. Yeah. So I, I, I struggled with, I struggled with the diet. Um, just, you know, I, it sounds all great. Like you get to eat a lot of meat and, and that's cool, but, um, it wasn't something that I, I really enjoyed. So I, I did that. Um, I think my sister, like my sister has me on what I would consider a high, a high carb, di carb diet now, like 200 grams of carbs for me is like, that's a lot of carbs. It's a healthy number, I, man. I, I actually really struggle with with that and I, I'm eating a lot more rice than I ever have in my whole <laughs> life um, like rice was not conducive to my diet um, but it's a really easy way like 100 100 grams of uh, like 100 grams of rice is like no 80 grams of carbs like boom like you're good to go you know yeah um, so so like that um, there are some like the, the nice thing about carbs is uh, like a lot of vegetables um, which is which is really really good a lot of fruits I love berries um, so like throwing in high carb is like really easy for me to hit, which I, um, I really like. And I find that for me personally, that's conducive to max performance. So that's what I really I like about the high carb carb diet is, uh, it allows me to be explosive. And you know what else too, that I, I will say with high carb is it allows me to maintain my mental focus better for me throughout the workout. So on keto, I could get through the workout, but towards the end, I find myself mentally tired. Whereas with with high carb i'm like let's go like bring it on i'm ready yeah. to go i will you've got all the juice to go yeah yeah so so that that's what i found is really good um you know have i messed around with um like vegetarian diets at certain points yes um i i i like them i found i found it difficult to get the protein in a in an enjoyable way mm -hmm. um like sure i could eat like 400 grams of broccoli and get my whatever <laughs> 50 grams of protein but it's like, it just wasn't that fun. Like I didn't, I didn't yeah. really enjoy it. And that's not, yeah. honestly, that's not a knock on vegetarians or vegans or anything like that. I have a lot of friends that uh, love to eat it and, um, and, you know, get tons of like, the question is, is not, can you get the protein? And right? I think that's the biggest knock on vegetarians. Like, how do you get the protein? No, you can get it. Um, it's just whether you enjoy getting it or not. And for yeah. me, I, I didn't, I didn't love it. Um, there is some great vegetarian discs, dishes that live in my diet now. But I would say like to do it all the time would, would be a struggle for me. Yeah. Uh, I honestly a thousand percent agree with you going into a higher carb diet. Um, when I first started like really focusing on dieting, I thought it was more so about upping the protein as much as possible. I didn't care where it came from. I didn't care how it got there, but just up the protein first. And what I think that did is it actually caused maybe too much of an overload in my system to keep processing and keep processing and keep processing it to 
get my body to like get rid of it basically so I can move on to the next day. So I think I overloaded with the protein too heavily. And for my personality, um, I do things to the extreme. I, I don't half-ass anything. Like if I'm going to say I'm going to go high protein, I'm going high protein. So I also did high protein. I went high fats. I went high carbs. And I'm in this stage right now where I think high carbs is the only way to go. Um, I think there was such a massive movement away from carbohydrates and villainizing carbohydrates that I think it's got this bad stigma that you can't have carbs. And I think if you're looking to perform, I think it's actually in carbs that you need to reintroduce into your diets. I think it's actually there and it's necessary, whether it's in a simple or in a complex, whether it's in a fruit or whether it's in rice, you need carbs in your body. And uh, I think that's where you're finding the massive benefit in your workouts and that sustained level of energy because it does come from carbs. It really does. Yeah. I, you know what? I, so I had lots of conversations. The, the two things that have been eye-opening to me when it comes to that, and it, a lot of this is just my sister, right? So at the beginning of the year, I was like, look, I need to drop some weight. I'm going in. My caloric intake each day is going to be 1700 calories. I got it planned out. This is what I'm going to eat. Right. Just like you would like all in, I'm going to commit to this. I'm going to drop my weight. And my sister's like, no, She's like, you can't, she's like, you're not going to get what you want to get out of this. She's like, look, we're going to start you off at 2,500 calories a day. And I was like 2,500 calories a day. And she's like, look, trust me, we're, you get your work in. She's like, I'm not worried about you getting your work in. She's like, eat this way. And, and I was like, all right, fine. I'll trust the process. Like, you know, more about this, than me, I'm, I'll up my calories. And honestly, I feel really good. Like I feel, I feel like like eating that many calories and getting the workout that I did uh, that workout that I'm doing, I am dropping the weight. I'm not dropping it as fast as I was getting it at 1700, but the tracking is going down. Mm -hmm. And, and I think a lot of that has to do is like, look, you're, you're, you're putting more into your workouts. You're burning more calories when you're there, you're fueling your body for max performance. And because you're doing that, your workouts are more, more, you know, more effective. Yeah. So I hear it. I mean, it's it's crazy the way I think the way I was thinking, and just saying, you know, if I if I restrict my body, my body's gonna like lose the weight. But no, it's gonna try and hold on to the fat. It's, it thinks you're in famine, doesn't think you have enough, yeah. right? So it's gonna hold on. Whereas if you fuel it, yeah, you you could burn it off. And and so far I have. I've been been going pretty good. Yeah, I think what's important for us especially is we're we're trying to do this for performance as well too. So if your goal and if our goal was to solely just lose weight completely, like only lose weight, we don't care about performance. We don't care about any of that. We just want to lose weight. Then hundred percent, we can definitely eat 1700. We could definitely eat 1900 calories and we'd be perfectly fine. But I think what's important to note out of all of this is that we want to perform when we're doing this. So in order to perform, you can't restrict your calories. You can't restrict your carbohydrates. You need to actually get them in because your body craves those things to use it as fuel. So do you time those? And how do you find that like throughout your day for your workout? So I know you're a morning workout guy, but yeah. do you time that so that you're doing something specifically late at night or you're doing something first thing in the morning? How are you timing your carbs and your food? So, so for me, my, my biggest, uh, my biggest carb intakes are breakfast and, and lunch. Um, like I will mix in a little bit in dinner. Like I'm definitely not, not restricting my carbs, but like I will, I will take in between say, 
I will take, between, I'll probably take 75, 75 um, grams of carbs, um, probably like in my morning, in my breakfast. Like it's a big chunk of like the thick oatmeal, right? It's like a half <laughs> cup or something like that. Like I love it. Yeah. It's awesome. Overnight oats, way to go with a protein, you know, some, some, uh, some protein in there, uh, protein powder in there. It's, it's awesome. And then my lunch is big too. Like, so I have a healthy scoop of rice in there that'll give me like, again, another 75 grams or so. So like coming out of lunch, I'll have my body will have 200 or sorry, 150 grams of carbs in it. And then in dinner, I'm kind of just like topping up to get to that, that 200. And that tends to ramp me, ramp me through, through the recovery phase of when I sleep and gets me geared up for, for the workout in the morning. Cool. Cool. And now I got to ask you, is your uh, family buying into this or is this just a you thing so far? So uh, my, my wife is, is, is awesome. Um, because she's like, she's very supportive when it comes to the, like the diets. She doesn't understand my, my wife is, (laughs) is like, she's one of those people that honestly is very, she's very blessed in, in her whole eating. Like that, my wife is so strict in the way that she like, if, if she is full, it doesn't matter she's what you put in front of her. She's full. She's done. She's like, yeah. I've had enough. Whereas for me, dude, if, if I, if you like feed me an entire pizza and then you put another pizza in front of me, I will eat that pizza. Like <laughs> I, I can't, I have no self-restraint. So, so to like, to say how my family is, is supportive. Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They're, they're like, they're really supportive of it. We eat the same food anyway. And, and like that, I just eat more of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So so it's not like we're cooking special meals or anything like that. Um, in fact, I do almost all the cooking for, for the family. So for me, um, you know, anything I'm cooking, I just cook more of it and that gets us through lunch and, and dinner and, you know, whatever we need. So, nice. Uh, but yeah, really supportive for sure. Good. Cause uh, my girlfriend, um, I had a phase where I was, I was not really smart and I was really a bit of an asshole doing this, but I was like, I got my meal, you got your meal. And let's, let's, let's keep going down this direction. So I was kind of like, I was a little too exclusive. We weren't like kind of gelling together with this, but I've gotten to a point where it's like, it's not even about what exactly the food is or exactly when I'm eating it. Um, I'm a little more loose with what I eat. Like, I'm not going to lie. I just had probably two plates of rice with uh, some Filipino food earlier. Uh, I'm not picky as to what gets in there. I just want to make sure that it's carbs. Like I I just want to make sure carbs are coming in and I want to make sure that it's for me specifically, I'm like doing time restricted eating. So I'm like in a small window, Yeah. Uh, but I, I just want to eat. And I'm like you, man, yeah. like if something's in front of me and someone doesn't pull it away, I'm going to keep eating. But again, I think that's like the fuel and the motor that we have in us because we know that we're going to burn it off somewhere. So mm-hmm. what's another slice? What's another two slices? What's another three? If I'm going to burn that off in a day or a day and a half, like that's kind of, I think the penalty that we all have, especially <laughs> yeah. as like athletes that are just like, we want to, we want to enjoy ourselves we want to over enjoy ourselves because we know we're going to work it off at some point. Mm, yeah. It's yeah. I, I mean, it, it is, it is. And, and the thing that the key to it all is you've got to make sure you work it off. And like, I've fallen into <laughs> yeah. some traps and honestly, the worst, the worst time was when I was in university. Like I topped out at, at 250 pounds. I don't know if I actually made it to ever 250. Like the last time I weighed myself and I remember it was, I was like 249 and a half, which is, I was a big boy, right? Like, I don't know if I ever actually made it to 250, but I was too heavy. Um, and a lot of that was like, again, you have the athlete's mindset, but you're not, you're not an athlete at that moment, right? Like you're not exercising the way you should, you're studying, you're focusing on other things, but you still have that athlete's mentality. And I mean, I think that's what happens when you look at all these professional athletes that retire, right? Like rarely, 
rarely i mean there are some exceptions don't get me wrong like gary roberts um on the hockey side of things i mean he's a personal trainer looks fantastic at 50 um there's a couple other players um also as as well um you know across across really all sports that are in amazing shape but for every guy you see like gary roberts you see five or six people that are like you'll see a charles barkley oh my god poor charles Charles. (laughs) but you know what listen i i don't know if this is the natural like reaction to it but that guy had to be perfect with his diet. Mm. I mean, what, I mean, maybe not in that era. So maybe there's an argument like that era didn't have to be great, but he was disciplined as an athlete. He had to be right. Yeah, of course to, to be where he was. So like, do you want to do that for the rest of your life? It's hard. It's yeah. hard, man. I, I'm having a hard time being disciplined for two months. This guy did it for <laughs> how long was he in the show? Like, well, I don't know. who knows? Maybe like 15 years or so. 15 years. Yeah. I would have said 15 years. He did that for 15 years and he was dominant player, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, he had to. So let loose, right? Let loose. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of that, so you mentioned tracking. So we talked about macros in your food. What about your running weight? So I wanted to know about this specifically because I know you're running and you're going to play baseball soon. You're into hockey season as well later on. Like, what is the ideal weight for you that you want to be at? Are you very in tune with that number or is that a loose number for you? So it, it depends. It depends on the season and it depends on like, how I, how I want to play. Um, so I, 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 I know it sounds a little bit, a little bit silly. Um, so hockey, like I, I really like to float between two ten and two, two fifteen. That's, okay. that's like where I like to be. Um, I feel really comfortable in my own body, uh, at that, at that time. And like, what I, what I mean by comfortable in my own body is I feel balanced at that weight. Um, I, I think like when, when I get any heavier, I feel immobile. And when I get any lighter, I actually feel a little bit clumsy. I feel a little bit awkward. Um, and, and like, it's kind of strange where it's like, I, when I feel even say I get down to like 205, which is kind of where I want to be when I run, um, I find I bump into a lot of things. Like I, I will, I, I, it's almost like I don't know where my body is in a sense. Like I will round a corner and I'll like smash my shoulder into the, into the wall. Like it's really strange. Uh, I don't know how to describe it other than that, but I feel a little bit off at two at two o five, which is kind of strange because I want to run at two o five, but it's more for a joint a joint purpose, um, just to be e- as easy as I can on my knees. Yeah. Um, when uh, I actually got sick when I was like in my early twenties, and and uh, I'd been floating around two two twenty for pretty much all up in my twenties, and I got sick and I dropped down to one eighty five, and I felt really really weak at 185 and so i think that's probably a weight that you know if i wanted to get to i could i just think i would have to pay too much of a performance and a strength pace to get there yeah so even though that would probably be a great running weight uh i don't know if i that would be conducive for me in like all other phases of my life so to to answer your question directly it's it's somewhere between 205 to 215 is like where i like to sit Um, and then in the summer, like if I'm trying to, if, if I'm trying to hit those home runs, I want to be closer to, you know, 225, maybe even 220, sorry, sorry, two, 215 to 220. But if I'm interested in like moving around on the bases, which, you know, I've had a couple seasons where I'm like, you know what, I want to swipe 20 bags this season. Um, I want to be closer to 210, you know, I gotta, I gotta be able to get, get on, but then I gotta be able to run. So yeah, those are, that's kind of the weight ranges I like to play around with. Cool. Do you plan on running hardcore as well during this baseball season or what's that going to be like for you this summer? That's a, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> you know what? Uh, right now, right now, I, I don't know. 
I, I don't know. And, 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 the, and I, I think it's okay to not know. Like, uh, yeah, no, I totally agree, man. I totally agree. Don't worry. So, I'm not trying to put so you on the spot or challenge you to it, no, but no, I just want to know. It's to- no, it's totally fine. Like, I, I think, I think when you look at it and, and you say like, okay, I want to run a marathon at the end of the summer. So the training plans 12 weeks, right? So it's three months. So how am I going to feel around week six of that training plan? And like, if I'm, you know, I feel like I have no pop in my bat. I might change, you know, like Mm -hmm. I might change my goal. I might push it out a little bit further. Um, I actually feel like oddly enough that I can push off my running a half marathon goal farther into the future than I can push off my baseball success. I feel like baseball success, there's a window. Um, Like whether it's my eyesight, it's my hand-eye coordination, it's my, you know, my bat speed, it's going to go at some point. Whereas, you know, running, I, it's I it's like your I could, it's more your body at that point, right? Right. I feel like I feel like I could run I could run a half marathon at forty five. Like I feel like I, you know I, I could do that in seven years, and my I I may not have a great time, but I could do it, and that's my objective. My objective is not to do it in you know make the Boston Boston Marathon or like run in that. My objective is just to do it. Yeah. So I, I think I could do that at forty five. Whereas, you know, if I'm still playing baseball and playing like relatively competitive at 45 i consider myself very lucky but it, it would likely be it's going to be unlikely i think i think that uh the fact that you're actually able to say that is actually really important too man so the fact that you're not going to be stubborn to say i need to do both this year i think that's important man because you know we have to be able to adjust we have to be able to adapt and if that means like you said you don't feel that pop in baseball because you're running six weeks straight and you're progressing towards that full marathon there's nothing wrong with pulling back. There's absolutely nothing wrong with pulling back. Maybe cut the running, go back to a little more baseball, put on a little more weight. So I think that's important to note that we're not rushed to do it right now. There's there's no urgency for us to complete the marathon now. Uh, to hit 20 dingers this season, like there's no urgency. Like it, it's important to do this for like a long period of time. And like you said, I think it's good that you're realistic knowing that, you know, our baseball careers are going to be so short and it's going to be so defined where we're still going to be able to do things afterwards. Like we're still going to be able to do running. We're still going to be able to play golf. We might still be able to play shinny hockey. Like all those things are still in our ether. It's just that like, we need to protect our bodies to get to that finish line. So we can still do it longer. So keep it up, man. Cause I, I think you can definitely hit both this year, but if it gets to a point where, you know, you got to call ship and just pick one or the other, just pick one or the other, man. There's, there's no yeah. harm in that. There's no shame in that either. Yeah. yeah. Right on. Right on. Yeah, um, I Sorry, go, oh, go ahead go ahead go ahead man oh i was i was actually gonna gonna ask you because this is something like i struggle in golf you're a good golfer fuck i love um, golf so, man i'm not so that good have, trust me i'm not that good but i fucking love golf yeah, yeah. <laughs> um tell me how baseball helps your golf game if at all how baseball it doesn't help mine game? how does it help does it help at all to me they're two different swings i can't i can't figure them out if you want me to be honest i don't think baseball helps my golf game at all okay Good. Let me be very Good, honest. That's what I think. I don't think it helps me. I don't think it helps me at all. And it's so funny because people are like, oh, you play baseball. Like you have this motion down. I'm like, it's a totally different motion. Totally different motion. I would like, almost still, say if you play hockey, you have more of a chance at golf than you do than baseball. Oh, I wish. I wish there. I. You know what? There's a lot of hockey players that love golf and play um, actively and are good. But I, I'm, I struggle at golf. I'm absolutely horrible, um, but I'm out for the walk. That's really all I'm out for. So. I think if, uh, if I'm to offer a tip to you, um, I played with a lot of like beginning golfers this year. I think the one tip I can offer to you is 
golf, if you watch it on TV or if you play it, it's never about being 100% all the time. And I guess this is maybe the whole motto of this whole podcast. It's not being at its prime peak every single swing, every single shot. You can never be there and expect success. Like if my maximum capacity drive is 340 yards, I put everything into it. Like every single piece of energy that I have going to one drive is 340 yards. I'm never going to hit 340 every single time accurately. I'm never going to hit it perfectly. It's never going to be straight. It's never going to be left. It's like you can never do it that consistently all the time. So do you watch much golf? Uh, so I don't, I don't watch a ton of it. Uh, okay. I used to watch a lot with my dad. I don't, uh, I don't have that, that opportunity anymore. Okay. So I don't watch uh, as much as I would like. I'll just give you a hot, quick example. Do you know who Bryson DeChambeau is? No. Oh man. Okay. So I, I highly suggest if you got like five minutes of YouTube clips that you just want to pop off later on, yeah, yeah. Uh, search Bryson DeChambeau, but he was a toothpick and he put on like 40 pounds of muscle just to drive the ball like super far. So the key with him is he's never consistent. Like his consistency is his distance, but it's never where it is. It's never in the fairway. It's always in the rough. Like he's, he's off to the side. He does hit the fairway sometimes they're pros, but I think with golf and this is my one tip and it's a long road to get there. My one tip with golf is never be at a hundred percent all the time. It's like being at 80, 85%, maybe 75%, depending on the shot. Because when you're there at that level, you're able to do it more consistently. And again, again, I think that's just the model of the podcast. It's like making sure that you're, you can have your peaks. You just got to know when your peaks are and when your time is to capitalize on it. Like when you hit a home run, maybe your next swing is going to be one for the fences again. Cause you just feel that good, you know? Yeah. But you can never swing for the fence on a 2-2 pitch. You should be swinging for the fence on a 3-2 pitch. Like no. you just got to pull it back sometimes. So yeah. with golf, I think it's live in the 75% zone. Like just be comfortable with a nice, easy, comfortable flowing swing. And then that mm-hmm. one time you have like six fairways in a row, dial it up, jack it up, like get ready to hit a bomb. Mm. Yeah. So I think I think the part with golf that I have, I have on lockdown is the 1% time because that's about uh, every time I shoot like 1%, 1% of the time I do something absolutely incredible. And that's what, ke- that's what keeps me coming back to that. Game. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so, so you sit there and, and like, you know, you'll hit it, you'll hit a, like I, I hit a 30 foot uh, the last game I played of the year, I hit a 30 foot chip from the rough, like nice. hold it. I took 118 shots that game, hundred, <laughs> 118, but the one, the one I made kept me coming back. So yeah, for I, sure. I got the one. I got the. I got the last. It's actually less than one percent, but I got that on unlock there. You're everyone's gonna chase that nut playing golf. Um, I got one of my uh, managers that works for me. He started golf this year. His first round ever, first round ever, nailed an eagle from the fairway. Like on a par wow. five, an eagle from the fairway is as likely as me with a hole in one. Like it's it's yeah. hard. And that one shot that he made this year, he's he's done. He's done. He's screwed for the rest of his life. He just bought a new set of clubs this winter. Like he's done. He's screwed for the rest of his summers. Yeah. So golf is an addicting game that way, but I think it's, uh, I think it's important to be at like 75, 80%, you know, your entire round and just enjoy the day. Like you said, enjoy the walk. It's a beautiful day. Typically it's a summertime. You're out with the boys. Just enjoy it. Yeah. Right on, right on. Um, I wanted to ask one more thing about your nutrition, your macros, 
and uh, just food in general. I want to ask, do you supplement? Um, so I have two supplements that I, I regularly use in, in my diet. Okay. Uh, one of them is uh, protein. So just okay. a straight ISO isoprotein. Um, and, and honestly, uh, I I've cycled in and out of protein, um, my life, uh, like my whole life. Um, so sometimes I, I use it. Um, sometimes like really depends on how the engine is going, but when it's really fired up, um, I don't need it at all. Like I feel really comfortable eating, eating the macros exactly like with, with straight food. So whether it's chicken nice. or beef or something, um, I feel really comfortable doing that. Um, but I do cycle in, uh, protein, but again, just a straight, like way isolate is, is kind of my, my thing. Cool. Um, so I use that. Um, I actually just, I introduced uh, creatine, uh, this like within, within the last six months. Um, so I've been taking a, a little bit of creatine to help out, but I wouldn't consider that necessarily a supplement. I just kind of, I guess it is technically. Um, but the other, the other supplement that I use is uh, like a superfood supplement. So it's just to like get some additional vegetables and nutrients in, into my body. Um, so it's just like a straight, you know, veggie, veggie mix type type thing from progressive. Uh, I think it's like progressive nutrition and, in uh, their Canadian brand. So I just, I just support them. Nice. Um, yeah, those are, those are my main, um, my, 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 really my three main supplements, I guess, if you count, if you count creatine. Nice. Have you ever experimented with like uh, BCAAs or like pre-workouts or that whole world? So these um, pre-workouts, like I have a really low caffeine intake in general. Mm. So, so I've had, I, I've played around in that, in that space with, I would say less success than I, I would have hoped. Um, so the first th thing I got into it, um, one of my buddies that I was mentioning earlier when I was working out in Barry, he had a bunch of these, these pre-workouts and he gave me one. He's like, you know what? I don't like the flavor of this one. It was called like Jack 3D or something yeah. like that. And it was the American <laughs> brand. And it was the equivalent of eight cups of coffee. And for someone who, who barely gets like, I think it was 300, no, it was 400 milligrams Jesus. of caffeine. And for someone who barely gets 50 milligrams of caffeine in their body a day, it was the biggest shock to the system. <laughs> I felt like my heart was going to explode. Oh man. Um, it, it didn't work out for me. And do you think it was the, the caffeine in that, or do you think it was the other stuff in that? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to attribute it to the caffeine. It wasn't, okay. it wasn't, it wasn't legal. Like it wasn't something that was sold in Canada. 100% it was just not, something no. he got. Yeah. So, so I like, I, I think that was my first experience with the pre-workout. Um, and then the other, the other, like more recent experience with, with pre-workouts is every once in a while, I think, you know, when I, when I, when I get really tired and it's more because I'm not getting the proper sleep as opposed to like getting up for the workouts or getting excited for the workout, I think I'll need it. So then I pick something up and, and honestly, I find that anything that's in the caffeine range that I'm looking for, which is kind of like that two cups of coffee, mild, like that yeah. hundred milligrams, the mild, um, I don't think there's anything really great in that space, to be honest. Um, the, a lot of the stuff that, that I've seen is more like that, that, uh, that people would consider like really, really useful is in the 160 to 200 milligrams of caffeine range. Yep. And that's too much for me. So I don't want to introduce myself um, like that much caffeine into my system. So I've generally stayed away from those. And then the other, the other one you asked about was BCAAs. Um, I dabble in BCAAs uh, in general. Uh, like when I say in general, I mean, like sometimes I'll order some protein and you get them for free, sure. um, yeah. that come along. And so like, I'll drink it when I have it, but it's not something that I strongly believe in. I haven't seen okay. huge, huge results from it. The only advantage I, I will say that like I've experienced 
is it helps me get more water into my system, which yeah. I appreciate because they taste good, right? Yeah, of course. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's something that like I absolutely have. I wouldn't go out and like for me, I wouldn't go out and openly, openly buy it. But if, you know, someone gave it to me for free as part of an order, like I'll, I'll use it. Who cares? Yeah, why not? I seeked it out. Yeah. Cool. Have you ex- had any success at all with any BCAs, even if you tried it, or you just, it was never a thing for you. It never, it never caught on. You know what? Um, not any trackable success, yeah. to be honest, like not anything noticeable again, not to knock the product. Like I know, no, that's some, cool. I, I, I know some people like love it. I have some, some, some buddies that train there. Like you need to be drinking BCAs anytime, you know, between your meals and, I, I, maybe if you're <laughs> hardcore into it and it's something you like, you're really focused on, you know, maximizing your muscle mass, then maybe that that's where, where that product benefits you. Um, but for me, um, I, I wouldn't say it, I've seen huge benefits from it. Cool. Cool. It's all good, man. It's not about uh, everybody. Not everyone feels the same lift out of everything. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's all good, man. Absolutely. I think, I think you learn that as you get older too, is, is mm-hmm. like you, you end up focusing more on, like what works best for you, right? As opposed yeah. to, you know, what's mass marketed or what makes sense for, for other people. You know, I, I think I've gone down that path. I've tried a, a bunch of different things, but really for, for me, it's, it's just about dialing in on what my body responds to. And, you know, we talked about diets and I think that's a perfect example, right? Yeah, 100%. Um, you, you try different things and, and then what works for you, stick to that. Yeah, 100%. I uh, wanted to touch on one, a couple, a couple other things as well too. Uh, we talked about injuries and recovery. So we didn't go down the injury list. Is there something that, you know, injury wise that you've struggled with that you kind of are still working to up until today that you're trying to overcome? Is there, you know, an injury that you've had in the past that's more or less hindered your performance that's, you know, been a nagging issue ever since? Sure. Gro- uh, growing strains. Oh, growing man. Strains. It's the worst. Um, so first time it happened to me at, at 14. Um, so just playing like competitive hockey and, uh, and then you, you strain, you pull your groin, right. And, and you, you rush back and you try to get back. And honestly, groin, groin injuries are like one of these things that you just have to let heal. Um, and you just have to wait it out. Like I've never had success, like coming back from a groin strain. Um, and I would say that generally I pull my groin every two to three years for my whole life. Like since 14, I, it's, it's, a, it sucks. Um, but it's, it's a big part of, of my injury. Like, I don't know if I, at this point I'm predisposed to it. Um, but it's something that, uh, that, that I've just been dealing with my whole life and like various degrees. Right. So I I've had a point where, um, I had a pull, uh, like a general, like general groin pulls. I've torn, I tore my adductor. Um, Ooh, like it, it's, it's all over, all over the range. And the adductor was the hardest one because that was something, it was a fairly substantial tear. It was like a nine mil tear. Oh my goodness, um, man. And, and that was something that was like, it was like, you need to do nothing for six <laughs> months. Like it, it, it was horrible. I'm I, like no sports, nothing. I shut down everything. It was, it was, it was, that was actually one of the hardest times mentally um, to deal with it because I'm a committed guy to the team and to the people you're playing with and you just feel horrible. You can't be there uh, playing with them. And then, you know, just, just dealing with all the limitations that, that you can't, anything you can't do, like forget about sports, but like, you can't run with your kids. You can't, um, you can't pick up things for your wife. You can't move around the same way that you normally would. Um, so that's something that, that I've really struggled with. Um, and that, you know, I, I talked, uh, we, we lightly talked about this, but really it's about mobility, you know, and some of the rotational movements that I, you know, I was talking about and, and that's what, what I found is, has been helpful. 
um, to at least prolong it. Like I, I know I'm gonna, I know I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull my groin again. It's just how long can I push that <laughs> groin, right, until it happens. So, yeah. so again, poor mobility um, and just general lack of movement. I sit too much. You know, I sit too much during the day. So I make sure every lunch I'm out. I walk, you know, four or five kilometers every lunch. Like come hell or high water, right? Just to get moving. Cause otherwise you're glued to that seat all day. Yeah. Um, and that lack of, mo- lack of mobility really hurts when it comes to those types of injuries. hundred percent. So other than like the walks and trying to like break up that, that seating station for like those eight or nine hours that you're working, like how else would you manage it? Are you trying to do like stretching? Are you like using heat pads? Uh, you mentioned the Theragun earlier. Is that something you're trying to like nail deep into there? Like how are you managing the, like that groin injury at the moment? I'm a, I'm a big trigger point guy. I got my, wow, my good trigger, for you, man. Point, trigger point ball. Um, I got, uh, you got the trigger point got, gun or do you have the Theragun? No, no, no. So I have, um, I have a, so when I say there, I shouldn't have said Theragun. I have a okay. percussion, percussion massager. Um, Theragun was a little out of my price range. Oh, uh, same so, here, man. I cheaped um, out dude. I, yeah. So I got, I got the Costco one and, and it was <laughs> awesome because you know what, if you didn't, uh, if you don't like, you could always just return it. But anyways, <laughs> anytime. Um, you can anytime, return anytime. Yeah. Anytime. It's still good. I got it three years ago. I can return it today. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyways, uh, I, I got the percussion, percussion massager. I, I definitely use that. My trigger, the trigger point ball um, really helps me like get into the, into the deep tissue, not only with that, but like my glute as well. That, that's been giving me yeah. my left glute. That's going to give me a little bit of trouble. Uh, foam rolling uh, has really, really been helpful. Um, compression stuff actually with my groin injury. I know it sounds a little bit strange. Maybe it's in my head, but wearing compression shorts has helped me out a ton. Like, oh, I, yeah, I don't man. know. I, like, I don't know if there's any science behind that, but I will say that ever since I've been wearing either compression shorts or compression, like full, the full length pants, uh, pants, because I have some, um, like varicose veins and like, pardon me. Yeah. Ooh, I got some varicose veins too, man. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got lots of problems there. Um, and it's just hereditary, right? Like it's not, yep, not, same. not I blame, I blame my parents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, anyways, so I got, I got those problems. So the compression stuff really helps with circulation, um, and really helps with, um, uh, with my growing blood injury. flow. Man. So yeah. 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 So I, I've had a lot of, I had a lot of good luck with that. And, you know, for anyone out there, that's, that's definitely uh, struggling with groin injuries. Um, I, I would recommend get yourself a D like a, a good pair. Don't go and like get some junky pair of, of uh, compression shorts or get, <laughs> get it from a compression company that this is what they do. Um, and you will not regret it for sure. Yeah. I actually have a pair of those two XUs. And I think when I bought those two XUs, I posted the picture online. I think it was last summer. You shouted it out to me because you have the exact same one. So do you have that, like that camo black pair Oh yeah. Pants? I got, yeah. I have, nice. I have like three or four of them, um, that I, that I love. And again, it was it, a lot of it was, uh, I have a chiropractor that I, that I trust, right. That's really helped me through a lot of my, my injuries. And, you know, he, he was like, dude, you got circulation issues. You need to like be, you need to wear compression stuff, like as much as you possibly can, especially during, you know, your, all your athletic activities. And I didn't, I, I felt better. Like I felt a little lighter doing it. Like the, the blood flow was much better, but I, I didn't expect that I was going to see a secondary benefit in the lack of injuries that I've experienced since I've been wearing it. So that yeah. that's been a big pro. Yeah, for sure. Have you, uh, so do you do the pants? You have the shorts. Do you do anything else? Do you have like sleeves, calf sleeves, socks? Um, have you so experimented on, with any of those? Oddly enough, uh, I'm wearing socks right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. Me too, man. Um, so I got my compression socks on right now. 
Um, I have I have some calf sleeves, um, but the my my socks and my sleeves are from a company called Sig, Sig, Sigveris. Okay. Um, and and so I, I I like them. They they worked out really really well. Um, but all my like compression gear uh, generally is from uh, Two Times You, uh, and I have a couple of pieces of like some Under Armour stuff. Which again, I don't don't want to knock Under Armour, uh, but I don't think they're quite as strong as the Two Times You brand. Or like you know whether it's uh, what's what's the other one that's big on Amazon, Doctor Skin. I've heard good things oh, about those, that one. Yeah, I've heard I've heard good good things about those. I've never worn them myself, but um, I would definitely get a uh, a set of compression. Um, Compression, compression compression pants whatever you need uh from a company that like that's what they do yeah um, so no, I've, I've had some good experience from it for sure i'm with you on that too because i also have 2xu i think i have three 2xu tights and i want to yeah. say i have probably close to like 10 to 12 nike compression shorts so the yeah. nike compression stuff is good just because it's cheaper like 2xu don't get me wrong is not cheap at all it's it's pretty expensive no. gear yeah. Uh, I'll only buy 2XU when it's on like that warehouse and like additional yeah. clearance percentage because it's just too expensive. But Agreed. like you Agreed. said, man, that compression gear is game changer. Uh, mm. So I've got varicose veins. I've got lower body issues. So it's finding ways to improve that circulation. And for me specifically, I'm on my feet for like eight to nine hours in a day. Like if I just stood on my feet all day, basically my, my blood and all the fluid will basically swell down to my feet and my ankles. But with those compression sleeves and socks, it just, it does help. It does significantly help, man. So I totally, I totally agree with you that people definitely need to get into that world of compression, but I mean like real compression. I'm not talking about the cheap stuff. Like you said, Dr. Skinner, the Under Armour stuff, they got to get the real stuff. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so it's funny you mentioned, like I have a couple pairs of Nike, um, like the Nike athlete, um, the Nike pro stuff, yeah. yeah, the Nike pro stuff. And, and it's like, don't get me wrong. It's good. Um, but the durability in my opinion is not, is not good. And I, I've probably bought, Dude, they wash like four. shit. I can't stand them, man. They don't wash right. They rip, oh. like they rip at the seams. Like, and this is what I mean with like the true, the true compression piece. Like it's, it's, it's sucky to like put on a pair of compression shorts and then they give out on the seams. <laughs> so like, you don't want to buy them not fitting properly you don't want to buy them a size too big like that's not that's not what they're there for you need yeah. them to be durable right you need them to stretch you need them to move um and i in my opinion the nike ones are just poorly designed but again like if, if that's what if that's all you got and that like that's what you can use it's better than nothing of course um, but but I, I do think it's worth the extra money to to get a brand that's that's what they do yeah um and i also know that you said that you have some poor mobility and lack of movement so like, have you been doing anything specifically to kind of work on that, to, you know, stretch that range of motion or improve that range of mobility? Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of my emotions right now, and this is like all through, through what my sister is, is been focusing on me because I'm limited with the amount of weight that I need to do. It's a lot of single leg, single arm, like balancing type tempo work. Uh, and I think that that is, has been really, really helpful. Um, to kind of equal equalize like for me my right side I'm a right side dominant guy um, so my left man hand, I could have sworn you were left side to be honest yeah it's, it's weird I'm, I'm right-handed I'm right-handed but I bat left and I shoot hockey left. Yeah, yeah I figured yeah what yeah, about so golf it, shoot left oh wow yeah yeah it's weird <laughs> so um, anyways 
I'm, I'm because of, because I'm that like I'm right side dominant, but, I, but I, I do a lot of things on the left side that my, for whatever reason, I like, I, I'm just, I'm not balanced. So uh, you can definitely see like when, when you look at me, I'm definitely stronger on the right side than I am on the left. So a lot of that mobility has to come from, you know, single leg work, right. Whether it's, you know, your side squats, um, your side lunges, um, you know, your single leg deadlifts, like all these types of things help to help to balance out. Um, and can I do the same weight? No, like absolutely. My right side is, is much, much stronger, but by going through the, the activities and doing the work on, on the left side, it, it helps to balance out and it helps with those mobility issues and those, you know, the equal, um, like one side being stronger and pulling too much. It just helps, helps with that overall balance that I've had. Nice. Nice. So I wanted to ask you, cause you mentioned your sister a lot as well too. Um, what is the goal now? So what are you currently aiming for? What is in the short term sites for you? What are you guys, uh, what are you guys working on right now specifically for yourself? So, so a lot of like for, for me, my, my focus, um, because again, I wanted to, to, to do a lot more running this summer. My, my main goal is to, to drop my body weight to about 205 pounds. So, nice. um, you know, I started at about two, like at the beginning of the year, I was about 227. Uh, right now I'm, I'm like 220. So I've like, I've lost seven pounds in, in, uh, in the beginning of it, um, maintained a lot of my strength, which is, which is good. I mean, as, as best I can, right. I'm, I'm not in a scenario where I can test some of like some of the deadlifts and of things course. like that or bench press. Cause I don't have the, the access to the gym right now, but, um, otherwise like from, from the way I feel in terms of the number of pushups I can do, the amount of squats that I can do, um, the mobility that I have, like I'm definitely in a, in a better space. Um, so for me, it's about, it's about getting my weight down to a reasonable, um, like, sorry, to a, a position where I feel like I can comfortably run. And then the other piece is, is like getting that max performance. So, you know, making sure that I haven't, whatever that, whatever that happens to be. Right. So right now, I think my, my goal is like, let's do some running, but I, I know that if I know that I'm going to, as once baseball season starts, I'm going to be like, maybe I'll change my goals a little <laughs> bit here. And like, you know, let's try and make sure that I'm feeling powerful and that, you know, I'm, I'm really doing what I want to be doing um, to the max of my ability on, on the baseball field. So that, that, that's kind of, kind of where I'm at really, really just, you know, get my, that my goal is to get down to 205. And then my next goal is to make sure that I don't get hurt, right. Make it through the yeah. whole summer um, healthy and, uh, and, and having fun every step of the way. Nice, man. Nice. Nice. Um, dude. Thanks to this is a, this is a good time to catch up with you, man. I haven't seen you in Jesus, maybe like six or seven years since good life. I can't remember the last time I saw you on the field, man, but this is good to, it's a good chance to sit down, man. So yeah, I, uh, I really, I really enjoyed it, John. I, I think there's a, I, like, th- thanks for having me. I, I really appreciate you, you know, you reaching out. Um, I think what you're doing here with the podcast, like I really admire it. Um, thanks, just man. being able to fire something up and, and really just, you know, kind of just talking about your passion. I really had a great time. Um, and you know what, hopefully thanks, uh, some people are interested in what we had to say and, you know, maybe we can do it again and we can talk about some different topics. For sure, man. We'll do this in person next time. But before I let you go, because I do this with every guest. So whether uh, it's going to be in relation to baseball or whether it's going to be in relation to running, I'm going to ask you to give me uh, three pieces of advice. So uh, unfortunately, I don't have any kombucha here for you. But, uh, <laughs> I'm going to see if you have uh, three good pieces of advice that you want to give to someone that's playing baseball or someone that's aspiring to run or someone that's even just trying to get some work done at home while they don't have, you know, a full home gym or they're not, they don't have access to a good life. Uh, three good pieces of advice that you can offer to anybody that's trying to get fit right now. 
Okay. So the, the first thing, the first thing I'd say um, is start like whatever, whatever it is you, you want to do. Um, don't start today or sorry, don't start tomorrow. Start today. Like go pick up the weight, go for the walk, go for that first run, like whatever it is you, you want to do, don't push it off till tomorrow. Do it, do it now, do it today. Um, you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And you know what? You also don't know if you're ever going to start if you push it off to tomorrow. So don't procrastinate. That's the first thing. Um, second thing I would say is fuel appropriately. Um, like talk to someone who you respect and that you know um, and that you know you can learn from what, whatever that happens to be, wherever they are in their fitness journey and learn about fueling your body um, and, then, and then try something. So the, like, I guess the first thing, you know, just to clarify here, first thing, start. Second thing, focus on fuel. Third thing, record, record your data and be open to change. Because I, I think one of the things that I struggled with at the beginning of all of it is I bounce around from training styles to different diets. And, and really all I did was like move based on a fad. I didn't move based on science. I didn't move based on results. And the only way you're going to do that is if you're honest with yourself and you track the things that are important to you, whether that's, you know, the inches on your body, the weight, the food, whatever your goals are, track it, be honest. And then, and then you can make changes, right? If you aren't yeah. seeing the results you want, you can look at your, your, your caloric intake and say, you know what, I'm taking in too many calories. I need to drop out that, you know, 85% chocolate that you're eating. I need to, or, or I need to Yo, leave know, that alone, man. Okay. Leave yeah. that aside. I'm not going to let that go. That's going to stay. <laughs> But, but it, you know, the only way you can, you can make adjustments to your diet um, based on how you're feeling is if you know what you're taking in, yeah. right? So how did you know, did, are you, is your max performance at 250 carbs, 250 grams of carbs, or is it at 200? Well, you don't know if you don't track. So that's it. I think I'll, I'll leave it up at that. Those are my, my three messages for uh, anyone listening. I love that, man. I love that. I just want to say, man, thank you for coming to the podcast, dude. Um, we haven't talked in a long time. We definitely have got a lot more insight or I've got a lot more insight into you because we never really dabbled about this. We never really talked about this. And I too share a lot of similar things as well to where for me, it was like I told you before, I'm more of an all in guy. Like if I see a fad that I like and I kind of want to test it out, I'm going to go all in and see what it does. Um, so I'm not, you know, perfect. I'm definitely not set. I'm not an expert. I'm not a professional in any of these fields, but what I am professional at is my experiences. So I do know what works for me. And uh, I want to thank you for sharing what works for you because you know, what works for me doesn't necessarily work for listener A and listener B, but what might work for you actually will help listener A and listener B. So uh, I appreciate you to take the time to actually share that with listeners. Uh, I appreciate you being a guest on the podcast and yeah, man, hopefully we do this in the future. Hopefully we'll do this in person and uh, the good weather's coming, man. So maybe one day I'll hit you up on that Traeger and see what you got, see what you got working. <laughs> you let me know what you want. You want to eat. I'll cook it for you. It sounds good, man. Sounds, sounds good. good, dude. What's uh, what's okay. the line for you this week, man? Any plans this week? This week? Uh, are you doing any baseball no, work not... this week or like, what are you, uh, what are you looking like? So, well, you, you're cutting into my sleep a little bit. It's Sorry, so man. Sorry, dude. That's my bedtime, but uh, <laughs> My, my workout, my workout starts at five, whether, uh, whether I end with oh, you man. on time or not. So like you said, dude, sleep faster. Yeah, exactly. Sleep faster. <laughs> um, but you know what, uh, the other thing I, I will say just on, on, I, I spend, I, I have like a little virtual meetup with, uh, with some of my good friends on Thursday. Uh, and I look forward to that every, every week, you know, 
Uh, COVID's been so difficult um, just from, from like a mental health point of view and, and seeing your friends. And, you know, I look forward to my, my Thursday nights uh, with my friends uh, where we can just kind of do exactly what we're doing here today is just kind of connect and, and chat. Uh, and it's just something that brightens my, my week every day. So hope or my, my, Day. my day every week, every week. <laughs> yes thank you uh so that's uh hopefully you get something like that as you mentioned you know watching watching uh, the raptors with you with your pops i think that's uh, that's fantastic and hopefully your listeners are also taking care uh, of their mental health as as we move through this uh this pandemic and yeah that's uh, that that's all i gotta say there just be safe man that's all we can do just be safe wear a mask and uh take care of the loved ones around you that's all you can do right now absolutely well said all right man Cool. Okay. Thanks again for coming to the podcast, dude. Get some sleep. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Manny Project Podcast. Don't forget to download, like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. You can now listen to the Manny Project Podcast now on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. You can also visit our Facebook page and our YouTube channel at The Manny Project. And you can also visit our Instagram page for the latest updates and upcoming guests at the.manny.project. Be safe, everyone.